Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you could save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real phony gon' recognize, still, still recognize with. Like we always do with this time, I go for mine, I get to shine, now throw your hands up in the sky. I go for mine, I get to shine, now throw your hands up in the sky.
Welcome, 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 welcome back, people, to the KIRP Radio Show, baby. We're in the building live. It's Sunday, 12-11-2011. 12-11-11. I like that. I like the, like the ring to that. But, uh, you know, we're on the air and it's showtime. This is what we do every Sunday, same time, same place. You guys know how we get down. You know how we're rocking on the KIRP Radio Show. And it is, the, it is that time of the week. Um, I hope that you guys can listen to this show after... You know, a little bit of football after the week has gone by. And I hope you could listen to the show and kind of, you know, pace your week from how the show is, is being broadcast and the things we talk about. I hope you go to work tomorrow and I can leave you guys with some uh, with some water cooler talk, you know, you know, something to talk about around the water cooler, something to go to work and, you know, maybe talk to your friends about or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. You know, I just hope the show can set of uh set a tone for you guys man that's what we try to do for you anyway we try to inform folks first and foremost we definitely try to show a lot of love you know a lot of people not getting love out there and uh and part of my sniffing by the way i I got a cold my whole house is getting sick and uh i got the sniffles so i i try to turn away from the mic but it's so sensitive it picks up everything so i try to turn away from the mic and, and uh and do my uh my my nose thing but you know it is what it is So shout out to all the people out there who've been supporting this, man. Over 200,000 listeners strong, and it's been quite the year. We've done this in uh, just a year and a week right now. It's actually exactly one week, um, two weeks now, I'm sorry, two weeks over when we first broadcast, and uh, it's been a beautiful journey, man. We've been doing a lot of things. We've been out in the community. We've been all over from, you know, we've hosted shows in Washington and and uh, Nevada and and Mexico and uh, New Mexico, sorry, and Texas and uh, Florida, I believe. A couple other places too. You know, we've done some food drives and we've done some homeless things and uh, some clothes drives out there in Charlotte. Shout out to my people out there with the um, Frederick Douglass Foundation in Charlotte. Shout out to all those folks out there and the community center where we did the boxing event. Shout out to you guys too. Um, you know, we, we've done shows all over the place and, uh, what we try to do is do something positive for people, you know, all over, try to inspire, but it's a bit of, it's a bit of, uh, it's a little bit of controversy listening to the show as well, because, uh, just my point of view on everything, I, I don't feel one way about anything at all whatsoever. Uh, my thoughts are very unconventional from what I understand, from what I'm finding out. And, uh, you know, from one week to the next, you know, I may I may not like what I liked last week, and uh, it is what it is. You know, people change on a regular basis, ideals change, things change. Uh, you know, we talk about a lot of policy, so politics definitely change, and politicians, oh my God, they they change like the wind blows. So you know, when you tackle these issues, of course, you know your opinion may change along with those things and those people and those ideals that have changed. And if you feel the same. There's no way you can feel 100% about anything. Just There's no way. You know, there's no way you can feel 100% about anything. And that's part of the problems that we face now. And that's why this show, I guess, has become popular. And, and, you know, we get a bunch of emails and a lot of people listen to the show. And I appreciate it. You know, there's a lot of love here and there's a lot of love goes back to you guys. But, you know, I guess that's why people listen. And uh, people just don't do a lot of talking. It seems that people do a lot of listening now. And uh, I appreciate it. You know, I, I don't know what to say. It, there's there's a lot of people, I won't say haters, but there's a lot of people out there who just commonly don't like what we talk about because, 
you know, as a as a black guy in America, and you know, I, I have folks that write me all the time that say take color out of it. And, you know, I always say take color out of things myself. I always say take color out of things when it comes to showing somebody love, gratitude, and attention, and and just being equal towards folks. There should not be a color considered when it comes to things like that. But you know, just to be real with what's going on in this country. And also in places, other you know, other places in the world. But you you have to identify with what the truth is. And you know, part of the problem is a lot of people don't like to hear the truth. You know, there's a lot of black folks out there who don't like to hear the truth about Democrats. You know, there's a lot of black people who don't like to hear the truth about the president because he proclaims black. Um, you know, there's a lot of black people who just don't like to hear the truth about themselves, but. You know, on the flip side of that, there are other races who feel the same way when you start talking about them. And, you know, across the racial, across the rainbow spectrum, you know, there's different strokes for different folks. Uh, There's different things that goes on in different communities. There's different ways you have to address that if you think you can make a change or if you care to even try to make a change or even to be honest when you comment on things. It's just different and I, I think in America we have to we have to get over ourselves and get over the simple fact of you know hey if I'm standing in the room and there's a guy over there and I want to describe him if I want to say hey that white guy over there with the close haircut you know people have to stop getting so offended by just using the color as a descriptive word or using the color to help identify with what you're talking about and you know that's a big problem that I see in America today, that there's a big problem with what people uh, feel so uncomfortable with. You know, when you start describing things as a color or you speak on things from a color or a different community. And, uh, you know, you can't always take the color out of things. So, you know, to to all the emails that I got and, and the, the couple letters that we got and, you know, all the commentary that we got on saying that, you know, we should take the color out of things. I agree when it comes to showing love, but... You know, you can't always take the color out of everything. It's just not correct. That's just not the way we can do things. If you choose to identify with things at the way that they really are, sometimes you got to identify by that color or by that neighborhood or by that nationality, race, or religion. So, folks, you got to stop being so touchy, man. You know, you got to stop being so touchy. And don't blame it on P. You, you can't always write me letters, you know, thinking I this stuff is new, brand new. Um, you know, to a lot of folks, you just haven't been listening, you know, so y'all got to open your mouths, man. You got to open your ears and know what time it is. But at the same time, you can't blame color on everything either. And that's what I'm so sick of too, man. But, you know, we're going to get into that this, this week, folks, if you guys don't already know, I, I mean, you guys should know what the topic is of, of the show today. You know, we got a couple things that we're going to talk about and, uh, you know, we're going to take a couple calls. You know, I got, I, I'm sure you guys get tired of hearing my mouth. So we're going to take a couple calls and, you know, we got a few things that we're going to talk about. One thing that we're going to talk about is uh, just the simple fact of public speech. And, and you know, that's I guess that's the reason why I went into what I was saying before I got on the topic of tonight is because, you know, this is my right to view my opinion. This is my right to say what the hell I want to say. And uh, I earned this right. You know, um, this is America, you know, that's that's what the, the law allows me to to view my opinion. But tonight's show, 
and it's an open mic, by the way, but tonight's show, I want to know about what what's your thoughts on freedom of speech and offensive language in public, because it seems like to me, everywhere you go, everybody's got a cell phone, and, you know, somebody's always on the phone, somewhere you go, whatever store you go to, there's somebody walking around there on the phone, and their private conversation becomes your conversation, whether you like it or not, a lot of the times. You can be at a restaurant, you can be eating, you can have your kids with you. And, you know, people, when they're on the phone, they talk about some very private things. But what happens when they start talking about these private things and they become public because of how loud they're talking or or even if they're not talking loud, a lot of times you can hear that conversation. So I want to know what your thoughts on freedom of speech is um, and offensive language in public because when you're talking to somebody, you know, a lot of people use offensive language. They drop the N-bombs, they drop the F-bombs and you know, a lot of cursing going on and racial slurs and this, that, and third. So, you know, if they're saying these things and you're offended, should they be allowed to say these things in public? Right now, you know, they have freedom of speech. They can do that. But, uh, you know, so I'm asking the question, is freedom of speech and offensive language in public, should it be freedom of speech to an extent? Or is it a moral responsibility to be respectful despite all? So that's the question. And, and you know, we also, on topic two, what we'll be talking about second half. Well, you can you can answer the questions as you like when you call in, but if you don't want to call in in the second half. But in the second half, we're talking about sexuality and explicit mag- magazines. Um, the language, television, entertainment, has it gotten better or worse over the years? Because I hear a lot of people saying that, you know, today this and that and the third, and it used to not be like that back in the day. And when we were young, it wasn't like this. It wasn't respectful. But I go back and I listen to a little bit of the music, and uh, I like com- I like um, comedy, so I was you know I listened to the Dave Chappelle's and you know the Robin Williams and all that, and I was going back and I was YouTubing a whole lot of the old stuff, and I was I was listening to Red Fox, and this guy went in, and we're talking about I think when he did that stand up it was seventy six, if I'm not mistaken it was seventy six seventy four maybe seventy nine it might have been seventy nine October seventy nine sounds right, but it was in the seventies nonetheless, and he really went in. Majority, I'll say 95% of the comedy that he did was offensive. It was it was to the point. It was strong in graphic nature. You know how you see the signs on TV, you know, graphic nature, uh, nudity. It was all of that. You know what I mean? And, and to a certain level of people, I know it was disrespectful. So I want to know what you guys think about that, man, because I really want to know, is it has it gotten better or worse? Or is it even killed? Do we just have more media reporting it or what? And first and foremost, folks, even more, I want you guys to let me know, how do you monitor your children when they experience things like this? Or how do you keep them from experiencing things like this? Because I see it in the cartoons a lot. I don't know if you guys catch it. I always try to sit down and watch cartoons with the kids, and I always catch something in the cartoons that would make my eyebrows raise, but... I don't think they get it yet. Matter of fact, I know it blows over their head because, you know, I really got to think about it sometimes. But other times it's real blunt. It, you know, it's blatant. It's real. It's out there. You can hear it. So, you know, what you guys let me know what you think, man. You listen to the KRP radio show. Got to go to commercial. When we come back, Charlotte's going to drop her report. Triad Super Savers, as always. She's going to show you guys how to live a little bit more frugal. Christmas is coming. It's around the corner. And Charlotte's going to drop some knowledge on you guys and let you guys know how you can save some money. She'll be back in one minute. Don't go anywhere, folks. Y'all know how we do it. Make sure you call in. 
Hit number one if you got a comment, and I will get you guys on the air. And I'm really curious to know what the public thinks because it matters. You guys matter. You know, B.I.G. in my book. Check the rhyme. You guys are B.I.G. in my book. We'll be right back. One minute. full of old junk at least you think it's old junk how about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time well if you do make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away again that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington North Carolina Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates sterling old furniture pottery signs old toys and etc Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897 And don't forget Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says Don't forget the reason For the season Guys know what time it is, man. KIRP Radio Show. Time to bring Charlotte from Triad Super Savers on the line with us. And Charlotte is like double B-I-G. Isn't that right, Charlotte? <laughs> you're like double B-I-G because you just are. <laughs> well, thank you for that. No doubt, Charlotte. So how was your week? It was actually kind of short. It went by really quick. Yeah, That's there good, you go. The weekend was worse, though, man. I mean, this weekend oh, just flew by. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Didn't do too much. I agree. So, Christmas is around the corner, Charlotte. What's up with that? I don't know. We're nearing, what, two weeks away? Yes, weeks man. Away. Are you ready? I know you always prepare early, so I know you're ready. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm actually um, really behind this year. I'm usually done by Black Friday Christmas shopping, and I'm not done yet, so. You know what? That's every all you listeners out there, all two hundred thousand plus <laughs> listeners out there. That's you guys' fault because she's always preparing to do the website and to put things on the show. It's y'all fault that Charlotte is late. I'm telling you, it's y'all fault. Yep. I promise it is. All for you guys. <laughs> that's right. It's all for us. Charlotte, what you got for us today, love? Well, you know, in light of the holidays, I'm actually at a holiday party right now, so I'm taking time out for all 200,000 of you. Oh, shout out party. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking a break from all my friends. So. But anyways, I thought, well, you know, what is the best way for me to talk about something that I'm doing right now? So I'm going to share with you a couple of quick ways um, to save money during your holiday parties. 
So I thought this is something that most everybody can do, even if you don't have a party, you might be going to one. Um, so if anybody asks you ideas or that kind of thing, maybe you can help them out with them. Cool. Um, you know, I just one of the main things that I first thought of when I thought about ways to save during holiday party is invitations. You know, invitations themselves can cost a lot of money. Even if you find a really good deal, get them on sale, or even free, um, you still have to pay for stamps. And stamps have gone up or they're getting ready to go up, I just heard. So, you know, trying to find a way to not use a stamp or to buy invitations. Not only is that going to be you know, eco-friendly because you're not wasting paper, but you're also saving money. So a couple ways you can do that. You can send invitations through free services um, that offer, like, free invitations. Invitation services that's elite.com or punchbowl.com. Both of those are two great um, resources that I personally use for all of my kids' birthday parties and um, anything that might come up. So those are free for you to use, and you can just pick from tons of different backgrounds and um, categories and all that kind of thing. And then you just send it out as an email, and then all of your friends and family can just hit reply and they'll let you know whether they're coming or not. So that's another huge way to save money. Another thing you can also do if you don't feel like getting all creative with those white uh, websites, you can send an invitation on Facebook. You can schedule an event on Facebook if you didn't know that already and send out, you know, an invitation to just select people. You don't have to send it out to your entire friend list. Or just create a really pretty kind of email. Um, so just trying to find frugal ways to save on money, and this is a great way to not, spend a ton on, you know, letting your friends and family know about your invitations and your party. Um, Another thing that I was thinking about is, you know, decorations. Christmas decorations can get pretty expensive, especially if you're one of those people that like to go all out. Um, And so you, you want your house to look inviting and warm and, you know, just very pretty for all of your guests. And... You know, so one of the things that I was thinking about is just kind of create a party room, whether that is just, um, you know, one place that you want your friends and family to gather. So if you want them all to kind of hang out in the dining room, just decorate the dining room. If you want them to all hang out in the family room, just put all most of your decorations there. This way you're not having to spend a ton of money decorating your entire house. Not only are you spending money, but you're spending countless hours <laughs> you know, trying to make everything perfect. Um, so if you try to create a room that kind of draws people in, that also prevents people from wandering around your house, hopefully. They'll kind of get the idea that you want them to be in one space. So um, by just decorating one room, that's another um, great way for you to save. Also, checking out the dollar store, um, believe it or not, they have a ton to offer now. I know back in the day, the dollar store was kind of cheesy, but, um, you know, a friend of mine, we just went to a birthday party for uh, my daughter's friend today, and she had a Christmas-themed birthday party for her four-year-old. And she, I was like, your decorations look so amazing. I mean, it was just beautiful. And I said, where did you get everything? And she had told me she got everything from the dollar store. And I was so surprised that she could have such a, classy, tasteful um, decorations for the party, and it was all from the dollar store. So I was really surprised by that. Um, Also, stores, you know, like Target, um, they have the dollar spot. They actually have pretty cool um, Christmas decorations there, too. So you can check 
um, your local, you know, big box stores for those kind of things as well. Um, another thing that I was thinking about is, um, you know, and you know, a lot of times if you've got your family or your friends, you want to go all out and get this huge fancy dinner that you want to prepare. Well, not only is that expensive, which we've talked about this um, in several other segments, but it's also time-consuming. The holidays can be stressful within themselves. You've got the money, you've got family coming in. It's just stressful. So there's no need to add to the stress. Um, So try doing like a buffet style. Instead of cooking this huge meal and worrying about feeding enough people, just make the meal into smaller portions. So, you know, little finger foods, hors d'oeuvres style, just making it simple so you don't even have to worry about setting the table. You just have your um, plate and silverware and everything at the buffet. Serve people. Let them serve themselves, excuse me. So you can enjoy your time with your party and your guests and let them, you know, get their food at their own convenience. So not only is that a time saver, but it's a money saver too. You can check out a really cool website. Um, a friend of mine actually is cookingwithelise.com. That's cooking with E-L-I-S-E.com. She's got some really great um, hors d'oeuvre recipes that um, just look absolutely delicious. So if you're looking for ideas for that. Um, Another last and final tip that I have is, um, you know, a lot of Christmas parties you want to either um, bring gifts for your friends or do some kind of fun little party. So something that we're actually doing at my party tonight is – Instead of spending money on a gift, we had said, you know, bring an ornament that you already have at your house that you're okay with parting with, and then we would do a fun exchange. So you're not spending money, and you're giving someone something that's actually meaningful to you, something that came from your tree. Um, so somebody, each person gets to leave with a piece of you kind of. So um, I thought that was just a really cool way to get everyone involved and, um, you know, share something that's meaningful and that did not cost any money. Some other things you could do is like a cookie exchange. Um, You know, making cookies is fairly inexpensive, so each person could bring, you know, a little container of cookies and, you know, you could exchange those. So it's just some quick little easy ideas that um, I was trying to think that I could share with you guys based on what I'm kind of doing now. That's so. cool, though. It's that's good information. <laughs> yep. I think so. If um, let me ask you a question real quick. Okay. Would you would you get uh not mad, but maybe would you be disappointed if your husband baked you cookies, put it in a nice you know nice little gift wrap wrapping, then put it in a box and put a bow on it? Would you uh would you be upset with that gift? Actually, no, because it would have been something that he took time to do. There's nothing more that gets under my skin than somebody doing, like, a last minute. <laughs> like, you know, I could tell when my husband Rush. ran out of time or forgot and went and got something. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's what you just got. <laughs> so, you know, knowing that he actually made that with his own hands and took the time to put a bone, you know, I, that would be something that I would be good with. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Fellas, they, fellas. Fellas, y'all did y'all hear that? <laughs> fellas, we got to get on. Always is ever good. <laughs> See, that, look, I don't want don't fellas. Okay, hold on a second now. Hold on a second, because we all talking to a woman here, okay? And she's on the air, so she's talking a little bit politically correct. 
<laughs> so let me tell y'all something. Make sure the cookies are good. Buy them. If you got to buy them, buy them, man. Buy them. Don't bake them cookies and they taste nasty and then give them to if her. If they're for black a on the bottom, toss them. <laughs> See, there it is. That's the whole truth. Charlotte, any shout outs? Just to all my girls that I'm hanging out with tonight. Ah, she was I'm not naming time. names, so don't yeah. forget. <laughs> that was a smart <laughs> shout out right there. Shout out to all of your girls. Instead of the names, all of your girls out there. Charles B. I. T. Shout out to Ben, man. Ben hold out there. And the whole triad super saver. See, Ben's a great guy, man. That's why I rock with Ben. Ben is the superhero. I remember Ben from Fabulous Five. That's Ben. Big Ben. That's what his name was. Big Ben. Anyway, I think it was the Fabulous Four. You know what? I don't even know what it is. I got too much in this big old head of mine. Charlotte, thanks for coming through and taking the time during your party. See, that's what makes you double B-I-G. See, I love you guys. (laughs) See, and we love you back, man. Shout out to Charlotte and all her friends out there for dedicating their time coming through on the KRP radio show, dropping some knowledge. Charlotte is a very valuable part of the team, and we definitely appreciate her coming through. It is 828. We're going to go to a commercial a couple minutes after the, after the hour. When we come back, I got a special guest surprise for you guys. And we're going to talk about some of these issues. But I got one question, though, real quick. One question that I got to know, and y'all got to keep it 100 with me. Now, you got to tell the truth. If you're at a restaurant and you're eating, okay, and, you, and you're with your family, or, or whatever, maybe you're by yourself, but if you're at a restaurant and you're eating, and then the person next to you or somewhere in the room where you can hear them are talking about last night's sexcapade, you know what I mean? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Last night after the club hour, if they're talking about all that and they're kind of loud, how would that make you feel, man? Let me know, people. 619-638-8559 is the number. You're rocking with the KIRP Radio Show. Online, you can hit us up at www.kirpradioshow.com. You can also hit us up on Facebook. That's facebook.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. Also on Twitter, at symbol NC Pudgy is the host. That's me. Also at symbol KIRP Radio Show. That's the show. Leave your comments on there, man. We'll read them off. Email us, which you guys do very well, kirpradio at gmail.com. Don't forget what it is. Hit us up. We're going to commercial, and we'll be right back with a surprise and a special guest. I want to know how you guys feel about that sex talk next to you while you're eating, man, because sometimes that's just that's just nasty, man. K-I-R-P Radio! For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. 
The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Do you have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. appreciate the love that you show we are uh, we got a we got a, a little bit of a um interesting topic going on here in the dialogue and that, that i'm going to definitely need some help with here my co-host for the night is uh somebody that i'm sure all of you guys know movie star rock star poet Whew. let me get let me get myself together <laughs> movie star i'm talking big screen i'm not talking about like the film festival stuff even though she probably did some film festival stuff, but I'm talking about like the movie Undefeated. You know what I mean? Fire in the Heartland. That's yeah, real movie star. Um, author, poet, speaker, star. What's up? <laughs> What's up, P? How you doing? I am chilling, chilling, just laughing, laughing at you. I think I'm keeping it real. Was I lying? No, you won't. That it it was funny because what we get ready to talk about, I will break up your subject with what I need to say at the same time. So <laughs> I think it's gonna be lovely. 
Well, I'm glad you could be with us here tonight, man. I'm I'm sure, you know, folks send me email asking about you all the time. Somebody actually asked for you to come speak, but I knew your schedule was too busy for that crowd. You know, no disrespect to, you know, anybody out there, you know, no even small crowds are, are the best, but you know, I knew exactly where you were and what you were doing, and I, and I knew you couldn't come out to speak to a crowd of 10 at that time. So, you know, shout out to everybody out there who's always trying to, you know, get at you and who hold us down, always sending us email, and who want to be involved, man. You know, it takes a lot in the fight for righteousness, and, and, you know, that's what we stand for, and, you know, that's what we do. So thanks for coming on the show. I'm glad you were available tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. Let me give a first a shout out to Charlotte. Yeah. And what you do by bringing her on the show. Now, see, I've been doing kind of the things that she comes on the show and doing for mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. I have been called a cheapskate. I have been told to lighten up. I have been told that I make too big a deal out of these things. And it's nice to see other people doing it. So it's like, it ain't just me. You know, we go to the dollar store to get the stuff that we can get out the dollar store. It, it's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Nah. That's why it's there. That's right. What's, so what's wrong with that? I'm, I'm going to say thank you for her, and I definitely say thank you for me and the whole WMMG team, KRP Radio, all of us, man. Big shout out because saving a couple dollars makes all the difference to pay an extra bill, just to save, to get by, you know, whatever, man. Yeah, you know, you need. You need that eight month. You need that eight month period. So if something happened, you got eight like eight months saved up so that you can take care of everything and give yourself some time to find, you know what I'm saying? That, that extra $5, that extra $10, $20, whatever it is, can go into that account. Yeah. It, it is, I mean, it is very easy to do those things, and, and we need to start doing it. If you're going to McDonald's, get the hamburger and the french fries and take the money for the soda and put it in that account. Exactly, you man. See, I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's just good advice. Do it like that. That's how you make money. Ask millionaires. Yeah, the millionaires are the most. I don't even call them stingy no more. I say the most frugal. The, the, you know, I always tell the story of a friend of mine who's a multi-millionaire. And, I mean, we can all track his money, but I won't call his name out. And um, you know, he'll wear busted shoes until they're like, but and when I say busted, like I'm not gonna compromise my my feet. So my <laughs> shoes are always gonna be at least subpar. You know, they may not be the cleanest or not. Well, I, okay, I'm I'm fronting. Most of the time, they're going to be clean, okay? They ain't going to be busted. They're not going to have holes in them. But this brother will buy a pair of shoes, and I mean the cheap ones, and wear them things until they should have been thrown away or passed down or something. So, you know, his leather shoes look like a belt. It's so wrinkled up and messed up. So, anyway, but, you know, like you said, most millionaires, they, they live frugal, very frugal. Some of them too frugal, and, and you know, they're all about saving money, so... If we can take one good habit from the folks who do have a lot of cash and, and apply it to our lives, I think that's the one to use. They always, always. Well, you know the topic of the day, man. You know, we, we, we were talking about a couple things, and uh, when, I, when I talked to you earlier, I, I felt great. From well, I was a little disappointed, of course, you know, about our private conversation, uh, about what we were talking about and the extent of the context of the, of the uh, conversation, but... <laughs> Today. I'm, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a little bit of it. I'm just gonna keep the names out. I right, please and do. It still gonna fit into your subject though. So, I right, please well, because, let the people know what's going on. So I called. I um I've been trying to get. I had a conversation with a icon, a hip hop 
icon. And I thought I, I was like, if I if I can go after this person, if I can get this person, if I know he sees it, I know he knows it. If I can just get him to come on and talk to people and, mm-hmm. and see that we're not crazy, that there are actually you know famous black hip hop icons that believe like we do, that it'll be, oh, I mean, you could have saw my I had a big old rainbow over my head. I was so happy. So uh, I had the conversation, and a couple of days ago, I, you know, when I called you, I was trying to get in touch with you so bad that when I finally did get in touch with you, I was in the store. I was in the oh, store, man. my daughter, on the cell phone. <laughs> you know the conversation we had. Yeah. So what I will say about that is, as, as far as speaking out loud and cursing in public or, or being on your cell phone and being loud, the only restrictions I put on myself is I watch for old people and I watch for children. No doubt. And if I have elderly people around me or I have a group of children around me, then I will watch what I say. If I'm surrounded by adults, then I can really care less. I'm not going to go into telling you the positions and all of that stuff or, you know, nothing like that. But if I'm having a conversation and it's around grown folks, then... It is what it is, in my opinion. I just yeah. always make sure that I won't disrespect my elder in any way that I can I can stop myself. So I will make sure if I see elderly around that I watch my mouth. And it's the same thing with children around because I do not like an adult that likes cursing and saying foul stuff around my child. So I would I don't do it to other people's children either. Well, I think the at least the foul stuff is. I I can deal with the foul stuff a little bit better than than the the sex talk and last night after the club and and all that man because I yo I could tell you and I've never seen this person again in my life before but I was in a department store real quick looking for some basketball shorts for my son because he left him at home and uh, you know I heard this girl's whole conversation about what she did you know that last I think it was a Monday that sat that past Saturday. I mean, almost every detail, and I don't know if she realized she was talking low or what, but she had an earpiece on. So you you can't you can't talk but solo with the earpiece in your ear because you don't you don't realize your volume for the most part, and and you know you're trying to make sure that people can hear you. So you know her whole conversation, and I wanted to say you nasty something something something. <laughs> you know, that's what I wanted to say. Like damn, you just met him, and you know because I heard the whole conversation. But I was like, man, you know. It had my son been in there with me, and, and I let them sit in the car at the time, but had they had they came in the store with me, I would have probably tapped on their shoulder and been like, you know, pardon me, you know, they don't need to hear what you put in your mouth last Saturday. Well, my 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 dude, he 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 tries to tell me all the time, just shush, just shush, because I'm 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 quick with it. You know, if I have if I have my daughter with me, I am quick with it. If it's just me, I can ignore, you know, uh, somebody on fire. I can ignore it because mm-hmm. that's just who I am. I'm telling you, my brain's always constantly working. But when I got my daughter with me, no, I am I am quick to to not tap you on your shoulder, but be like you trifling. <laughs> you can fill in the blank, and I'll say it loud enough so you can hear it, and make sure I'm looking you in your eyes so you know I'm talking to you. Yeah. And so, so when I have a lot of conflict 
with that. And, you know, so when you out with other people, I guess you got to kind of watch that too. If you by yourself, then I guess it's one thing. But if you with a group of people and just because you're offended doesn't mean you have to ruin the thing for everybody, you know. And so, mm-hmm. like I said, it's always a time and a place for everything. And sometimes people want to see the um, the the black person come out of you, mm-hmm. you know, for lack of not using the other word. Yeah. They want to see. They want to see that come out of you, and I'm quick to let it come out. So <laughs> I have to monitor myself, and so that's yeah. kind of got to be the point of self responsibility that you monitor and you control your own self. Right. I I I think that, you know, I don't I don't like I said, man. I don't I don't mind having to hear somebody conversation because I I don't think that you should monitor anybody's conversation to the point where you got to tell them what they can and what they can't say to an extent. But I do feel like it should be a moral responsibility, you know, like, you know, to not offend people with what you're talking about. You know what I mean? But I, I, it's a touchy subject, man. You know, you're talking about freedom of speech and you're talking about censorship. And, you know, a lot of people feel different ways, you know, on different levels about it. I don't I don't know. You know, a lot of people who I, I consider constitutionalists, they won't, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to hear all that in public. They'll quickly say that it should be where you can't talk about it in public uh, according to where you are. But if you're just outside, you know, it's, you know, anything goes. But then for certain things that you say in public, you can be locked up for or you can be arrested. I think that we, we as a, I put it to you this way, right? If you go into a room of your friends, Right, and you know within your group of friends there's that one sore subject that cannot be talked about, you know not to bring it up. And I think that if we just all walk around with that common sense of knowing that not to say that you have to censor yourself and not to say that you have to care what else what someone else is thinking, but we know basically the things that, that can be said that will cause <coughs> conflict. You know what I'm saying? That not yeah. might cause conflict or should cause, no, that will. And most of the time you talking about your sex capades in front of somebody's child will cause conflict. You know, it's not kind of like, I don't know why she, no, you knew exactly why she was mad. You just didn't care. So, like, it's all about that personal responsibility. When we get to that, no, no speech should be censored. And, like, I could quickly be say, you know, it's some Democrats that I really wish I could censor. But the answer to that is me talking louder, not trying to make them shut up. Ah. So so that's the that's the whole text of it, is that the more they talk, I'll let them bury themselves, and the part that they don't bury, I'll come in and kick the rest of the dust on their head. So Should, should there be laws that, that limit people from saying certain things in public? Like you know what? Hold hold that hold that for just one second. I, I want to play this clip for you, and uh, I want to know what you think about if this, if this was said in public, um, how would you feel about it? Real quick. What do you think of President Obama's suggestion that the uh, borders be uh, redrawn po- pre? President Obama and I voted for uh, an idea. What I didn't realize what I was getting was an idealist. If you've never been to the moon, you can't issue policy about the moon. You have no idea what it's like on the moon. For a president to be sitting in Washington, D.C. and saying, go back to your 67 borders in Israel, how about you live there 
and try to defend an indefensible border nine miles wide. On one side, you've got hundreds of millions of people who hate your guts. On the other side, you've got the Mediterranean. Unless you control, in Israel, unless you control those Golan Heights, it's an indefensible position. It's a nice idea. When you grow up, you, you find out that life isn't the way you imagined it. And President Obama means well. I think he's actually a good guy. He has no idea what the world is like because he doesn't have to live there. That's why President Netanyahu, whose brother led the Entebbe raid and died crossing inter-country inter, uh, lines, breaking international law, landed in uh, Idi Amin's territory, killed the local policemen, and freed those Europeans who were abducted by Idi Amin and crossed back to Israel. The UN condemned it. You broke air sprays. You bro what would have happened if you go to the UN, most pathetic body on the face of the planet? By the way, America invented UN after the League of Nations was a disaster. This is a paper tiger. We allowed dictators to get up there and spread propaganda from Hugo Chavez to Gaddafi. It's garbage infested. And then when they want more money, they put their hand out to America. You all agree with every word I say. You know it. The biggest pacifist who's against the death penalty will immediately want to kill somebody who's got a gun to his mother. You walk in a room, you happen to come back from hunting or whatever, and there's somebody there. You don't want to find out why that person is deranged or if he's on crack. You want to kill him. You don't want to Let's settle down. Yeah. Let's talk about it. You should have a trial by jury. <laughs> you and the courts you wrote in. You're going to die, pal. Death on the spot. It's justice. I like that. You break into my house it's with a gun, I will kill it's you. It's sort of Sharia law. It's right? not. Women should be in charge, like the insect kingdom. You're much brighter <laughs> than we are. You should have thousands of babies and be in charge. You have my vote, except for the thousands of babies. Part. You, yeah, well, I don't least, need to have thousands. Oh, I had two. At least practice thousands of times. <laughs> that, was, that was Gene Simmons. Um, lead singer from KISS, you know, you guys know him, legendary Gene Simmons talking about um, the Iran borders, Iraq, and, uh, you know, President Obama. What do you think about all that, man? He, he was kind of all over the board, but he was hit and miss, too. What do you think about that kind of language uh, being talked about in public? Hey, I'm fine with it. I'm fine. I, you know, I wish... No, I ain't going to say that. Let me say... A former me, a me of three years ago, that was me. Mm -hmm. You would have got every cuss word. You would have got every snark. You would have got every foul comparison I could have made because that's the way that's the way I talk in normal conversation with normal, you know, the people I'm closest with. Right. But I changed it up because I have a view of what I want for my future, and I also have a child now. So I have to teach her proper English. Mm. And the only way she can learn it is if she hears it from me. Now, that doesn't mean I don't do my slang with her, but I don't allow her to speak it. If she tries to speak in slang or ebonically speak, I, I will slap her in her head because it's not tolerated. And I told her the same thing my mother told me is you can use all of that language once you learn how to speak English correctly. Mm. So once you get to the point where you can speak it correctly, then I can get off your back because you choose to be a little loose with it. But like while that. you're in the process of learning it, it's like, you know what I'm saying, it's like a, a football star 
who goes out and plays basketball every day and never runs a football drill. You know, you, yeah. you're not going to be good at football. You're going to be good at basketball because that's where you're putting your time and energy to. Well, it's the same thing with uh, proper speaking is that if you don't practice it, especially in your younger years, when you get older, it's going to be all that you know. And I can flip a switch, you know, so like me and you talking now, you get this version of me. Oh, absolutely. If you could tell them what I sound like when me and you aren't on the phone, or when you are on the phone with each other and not on the radio, then it's a different conversation, right? Right, that's right, absolutely. And and it should be that way. You know, we sh- we yeah, should have different that's levels. how it's supposed to be. And I don't do it necessarily because I'm in public, but I do it because I have a goal for myself. Sure. And I, I do want people to look at me and not say, oh, the only thing you can talk about is the fact that I curse and you're not listening to anything that I say. So that was kind of the reason that I had to, that I, I decided to step away from it. But in all reality, in a heartbeat, it can be back just like that. So uh, I like, I, I have no problem with it. I loved it. And then mo- most of the facts and the things that he was saying, I believe in a lot of them too. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, the more people we can have speaking out on these issues, the better. Speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of which, this hip-hop icon that I talked to, Let's just call him Uncle. Uh, You know, I I like the name. I like the name Uncle. I love the name Uncle. That that's Big. I like that. That's that's yeah. That's that's cool. Let's go for that. We'll go with that, Uncle. I like that. Sorry, go ahead. So talk to this hip hop icon, Uncle, and um, Uncle, and and this is this is the problem that I think that we have because of the PC political correctness that already exists that we have problems like this. And you already know the story, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell the listeners for it because it, it needs to be told. I talked to this icon, and for the first 10 minutes of the conversation, I had my jaw on the floor. If you know me, that doesn't normally happen. You know, I, I'm, I'm quick to jump into a conversation. But in 10 minutes, the first 10 minutes of talking to Uncle, My jaw was on the floor because all I heard was, can I say these words? Sure, you're good. Okay, all I heard was hunky and nigger. The hunkies ain't never going to like the niggers. The niggers ain't going to never like the hunkies, and that's just the way it is. And I heard this for like 10 minutes straight with my hair. I mean, I'm like literally jaw on the floor, hands in my hair, pulling like, I cannot believe that Uncle doesn't realize that a vast majority of his fans are hunkies. Okay, hold on, hold on one sec. Hold on one second, Star. I want you, I, I got I to get you to do this, right? I got to get you to put some background into it first because that could be anybody. So why, why, <laughs> why, were, you, why were you so surprised at, at Uncle um, for using this kind of language? And, and why were you talking to him? Just, you know, I just want to, I, I want the listeners to know. What what got you guys on the conversation? Was it in an interview? Was it pre-interview? Was it just conversation? And and why were you so surprised of an individual of this caliber talking like that? I um I I wanted an interview, and I was uh, I was on um the social networking sites, and I I happened to hear this this icon 
Sean, uncle was just, he would tweet things. So he would tweet about um, Willie Lynch. He would tweet about our economy. And it wasn't like OSW kind of stuff. He was tweeting stuff that made me like, oh, my goodness, yes, yes, yes. And I got excited because I was like, he knows. You know, he knows. He knows. And if I could just get him. And and I tracked him down, and I don't do this at all, because I'm like, if I reach out to you and you don't get back in touch with me, then it's dead. I reached out to Uncle five, six times mm-hmm. before he, before I finally got in touch with him, and or before he finally contacted me. This person has put out so much music and material. I am a fan. Okay, I I, I am a downright fan. I have been a fan. Since 91. Uh, yeah, since 91. I'll say that. I've been a fan since 91, and they had one of the most popular songs on the radio at the time. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even allowed to listen to hip-hop at the time. So it, to me, I had to sneak to listen to this. But it happened to be one of my favorite songs. Back in 91, he became an icon to me, one of my favorites. So I reached out to him. I, I keep... I keep going at it. I keep going at it until I finally get a response and and an interview. So I said, okay, let me call call me and everything. We'll set up the time and everything so we can have an interview. Thank God that I did that because if I had gave him the straight interview and he had came out and said some of the stuff that he had said, I would have had to cut his mic off. <laughs> wow. Not out of censorship but out of the fact that it would have been my interview and I would not have accepted what he was saying. And being my interview, that is my choice to make. That's not censorship. If he wanted to go out and say it in another fat, uh, forum, then he was more than welcome to do it, but he wouldn't have did it on anything that I ran. So I, I'm excited. I am telling you, I am jumping around my house. I am, I'm telling my daughter, she doesn't even know who he is. I'm, I'm calling my childhood friends, and they're like, no way. I was excited. I got on the phone with Uncle 10 Minutes. Honky this. Nigga that. The honkies and the niggas. The honkies and the Wow. I could not believe it. But <clears throat> I put my tax because I wanted this interview. So sure. I said, let me change the subject. Let's get off of the, the H's and the N's, and let's go to a different subject. Let's start talking about the black community. So this here goes to the second part of what you were talking about earlier, about taking race out of the conversation. Right. He goes, um, he goes the niggas in where I'm from are the same as the niggas from Atlanta, as the same as the niggas from New York, the same as the niggas from Oakland, the same. They're all niggas. They're all niggas. And niggas going to be niggas. And there's nothing you can do. Wow. And this is a black hip-hop icon. Okay? The niggas going to be niggas. It ain't nothing you can do to change the niggas. The, and I'm like, is that like the whole group? And he's like, yeah, it's like the whole group. And I'm like, wow. I could not believe this uncle, I could not believe uncle was sitting in me and telling me that basically he had written off the black community. Wow. So, you serious? 
the further we talk into conversation, he comes up and he tells me he's active in the community. He shared with me some of the things that he did. And I'm like, so what you're telling me is you go out and you personally give your time, effort, and energy to the black community, right? But in a conversation when talking about the black community, it's niggas this, niggas that, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing ever going to change. Basically, he told me I was wasting my time on, on an impossible mission. Then he told me the most offensive thing that I have ever heard. The most offensive thing that I have ever heard. He told me, I know it's a setup. I know that the black community is set up, has been set up. I know who set them up. I know why they've been set up. I could, and I'm sitting here and I'm listening to him, and I'm like, so wait a minute, you know? And he's like, yeah, I know. So we go start talking Willie Lynch. We start, we start talking um, uh, welfare and how it splits up a family. We start uh, uh, talking about failing schools. We start talking about these things. And on all of these subjects, he is well-versed. He knows very well exactly what I'm talking about, so I'm not trying to play catch-up to make him understand me. He knows all of this stuff already. And in the end of our conversation, what he had to tell me was that it is the way it is. Niggas going to be the way it's going to be, and the only thing you can do is just keep breathing the fresh air. (laughs) Breathe the air. Breathe the air. And and I have pits in my stomach still because I can't figure it out. Like I told you the other day, I still can't figure it out. I'm saying, so you are a little boy from the ghetto. <laughs> Come on, you can laugh at that one. Wow. I'm, Did I'm you still, not get it, Pete? I'm I'm in a state of shock again. Oh, I'm on I'm on point with that. I I caught that from the beginning, but I'm I'm still in a state of shock. <laughs> So, you you know what I'm saying? So, you came from nothing. You got into what you wanted to do. You became successful. Not only did you become successful, but you came became an icon in doing it. Yeah. At the same time, you are well-versed, well-aware of the problems that are plaguing the black community. You know that they are not um, by accident, that they were actually put into place and that there's an actual mission at the end, you know all of this, and all you can say to me is, fuck it, just breathe. Wow, Just enjoy the air you have. So I had to tell this icon who, up until this point, I had been nothing but nice to. But at the moment you tell me that you know everything, and that you are well aware of the problems in the black community and why they're there and who put them there. But fuck it. At that moment, all the niceties came off, and that's when me, that's when I came out. You know, I wanna, and I'm I wanna like, know, look, though, I'm not that much of a coward. But I, I, I want to know. You can be a coward you know. and know everything you know and keep it to yourself. But I won't be that much of a coward. I mean, it's it's easy to say once you once you've made all this money, y'all. You know what? Hey, hold that thought, cause I I want to know what you told him. We got a couple of callers who want to make a comment. I think um I got to go to a commercial though, Sonny. Hold that thought. I want you to tell the people 
what you told him. And I want to hear this for myself, too, because I, to me, this is just crazy. I, I don't understand how somebody so relevant in a community. I don't have time. I got to go to commercial. When we come back, Sonny, can you stay with us for a minute? Of course, always. All right, cool. I want you to let the people know what you said to him because I know you said something. And uh, I got to do the sports report, you know, soundchew.com. Shout out to Soundchew. We'll be right back, folks, because I got to go to get this commercial in, man. You're rocking with the KRP Radio Show. If you want to make a comment, folks, and you dial in 619-638-8559 is the number, you got to press 1. We believe in leaving people alone on the show. So, you know, we got a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of people who dial into the show and they're just listening. So we don't click on them expecting them wanting to talk and get that there. there. We're not going to do that. So hit number one if you got a comment, 619-638-8559 is the number. Also, if you want to listen online, it's KIRPRadioShow.com. You can also make your comments on Twitter, at symbol KIRPRadioShow, and Facebook. That's Facebook.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. We'll be right back after this small commercial break. Sonny, rock with us, man, because I want to hear the rest of this commentary. We'll be right back. And Jesus Christ is looking for warriors that are willing to fight. We need to leverage our political power and our political interests in both parties. We have the opportunity to talk about how our values work because when they're put in place, when we govern according to those values, they work. If anybody is going to take on Mr. Barack Obama, it's going to be black conservatives. When you push in abortion upon a population, you ask yourself, who's pushing it? Democrats cannot win without the black vote. The Jesse Jackson era is over. Conservatism is neither white nor black. It's what's right. It's what's good. Our community is everyone. This is a kingdom of God movement. When I was in inner city, pastoring, what I saw was the Democratic Party making inner city at that time a social wasteland. Maybe it's you who needs to decide that you want something different and stop waiting for a politician to hand that to you. We are serious about the mission that we have for the Frederick Douglass Foundation, and we stand on three basic pillars, and we don't apologize for it, but we are devoted Christians, first and foremost. We are proud black Americans and active Republicans. There are two issues that are facing our nation today that we don't uh, allow anybody, if they want to get our support, you are pro-life and you believe marriage is composed of one man and one woman at one time. We may not be the organization for you, and that's okay. We're not changing who we are. Do you have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336 336- 
214-642-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. SoundChew.com, the sports report, and everybody know what's going on in the NBA, man. It's you know one week until the announcement that they were going to play some basketball, and uh, it's been nuts ever since, man. You're talking about bad trade deals, and man, it seems like the NBA is taking over the New Orleans Hornets, and you know they can't trade Chris Paul, and Chris Paul wants out of there. But they will trade him, folks, because guess what? He is about to be a free agent, so it's either trade him, use him this year, and lose him. So they got to do something, man. They got to make a trade so they'll definitely get something out of the deal. That's what's going on with that. It looks like L.A. has backed out of the deal. According to NBA.com, L.A. has backed out. They don't want no more part of it. They're done. They say we're sick of it. We're sick of waiting. New Orleans, you do your thing. And, uh... You know, I guess we just have to wait around to see. Dwight Howard is definitely trying to get out of Orlando and will be out of Orlando with the last reports that we have. Dwight Howard will not be in Orlando, folks. So all you season ticket holders out there that plan on listening to Dwight Howard do his thing, sorry, you won't hear him. He will be gone. Check it out. Moving right along, man, because, you know, it ain't NBA time yet. You got to wait for Christmas for that. In the NFL, got to run over the scores. And right now in the first quarter, it's coming to a close. 30 seconds, and it's tick, tick, ticking. The Dallas Cowgirls, I meant the Dallas Cowboys. You guys know I don't like them. Dallas Cowboys, seven. New York G-Men, five. As the G-Men blew an easy touchdown. They didn't run the ball. Uh, The G-Men, five. You know, they got a safety, and they're on the board. 75 right now. The G-Men got the ball. They're trying to march down the field. It is what it is. They're on the 30-something yard line. Houston, 20. Cincinnati 19 as Houston clips Cincinnati Bengals just barely. One point, Houston comes away victorious. The owners could not look. The owners had their eyes closed, and the end of the game prevailed. Houston with the win. Final, Minnesota 28, Detroit Lions 34. 
As Detroit tried to get back on track, they beat Minnesota in the thriller. Came down to the end. Detroit defense played real strong despite Minnesota putting up 28 points. New Orleans and Tennessee, another thriller down to the end of the game, but the defense held on, got a sack. New Orleans 22, um, the Tennessee Titans 17, and you know it is what it is. Tennessee continues to lose as Drew Brees continues to win. Philadelphia 26 is Mike Vick in the dog pound. Comes back and they beat Miami. Miami puts 10 points on the board, but it was not enough to beat the Vick. Philadelphia Eagles holding it down, 26-10. Kansas City 10 as the New York Jets. And Sanchez got a round of applause. They didn't boom today. Uh, Rex Ryan introduced Sanchez as he ran on the field. They gave him a standing ovation, and Mr. Sanchez got busy with two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 37-10. The Jets win. New England 34, Washington 27 as New England continues. Another close game. Carolina 23, Atlanta 31 as I was bragging all day on Facebook and Twitter about my Carolina Panthers, but they got too comfortable and they blew it. Cam Newton, two interceptions back-to-back, two series, and they take another L in the Carolina house. Jacksonville 41, Tampa Bay 14. Yeah, I said it. Jacksonville 41, Tampa Bay 14. No contest. Baltimore 24, Indianapolis takes another L as they talk about trading Peyton Manning. Ten points on the board today. They are getting better. Denver, Tim Tebow and the Jesus Cal, the Jesus crew got busy. And Tim Tebow says, thank you, Lord. We won again. 13 to 10, Chicago takes an L on the season as Mr. Tebow gets another W. Arizona 21, San Fran finally takes another L19. Green Bay beats up on the Oakland Raiders. Sorry to all my Cali people out there. 46-16, San Diego 3, Buffalo 1. No, Buffalo 10, sorry. San Diego 37, Buffalo 10, and San Diego beat up on the Buffalo Bills. Pittsburgh earlier in the week beat Cleveland 14-3. The Monday night game is Seattle and St. Louis, as they'll be getting it on and popping. This sports report was brought to you by one of the most prolific musical websites out there. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Yeah, we are back. Shout out to all my people out there, soundchew.com, all my people that call in, holds us down. All the listeners out there, man, show you guys love. And I got to give a special shout out to my man, my co partner, my co-D, who holds down a new organization that we started called I Love Being a Black Father. Look them up on Facebook, folks. Like the page. Leave some encouraging words out there. We do know 
that all fathers are not holding it down to the best of their ability, but that's okay. We're trying to promote something healthy instead of the negative word about fathers out there. We're trying to promote an idea. We're trying to promote an experience, and we're trying to promote and teach, help teach responsibility just through common sense and common talk and common courtesy. Listen, folks, it's going to take a while on this movement, okay? It's going to take a while. I've been told that we should take the black out of it and we should do this, but this is my organization. God gave this to me, and I feel like there's a need in the black community for an organization such as this because there's a lot of people out there who don't realize that despite you being behind on your child support payments, your alimony, your whatever your agreement is, despite you being behind on that, your kids need your time. And five minutes of time goes a long way. If it's a call for five minutes just to say hello, we can do this, that, and the third, how you been, cat, foot, mouse, dog, as my grandma used to say when she ran out of words. That five minutes is needed, and that five minutes will go a long way over time. Five minutes every day or five minutes every week goes a long time over a lifetime, goes a long way, and it shows when you get that phone call from your pops or your mom or whoever, it shows that you care. So we're trying to promote something positive, trying to promote an idea, and this is my daggone organization, and, I, and y'all should be proud of me because I didn't curse right there, but uh, this is my organization. Shout out to my co-executive Ryan Woods out there, the actual the chief executive officer, Rashad Woods holding us down, and Contessa Woods, the chief secretary out there, always holding us down, the event coordinator, I'm sorry, who holds us down, and we're doing big things out there. So add the page, spread the page, promote the page. Promote the page. It's an organization, nonprofit, folks. We're trying to do it right. It's called I Love Being a Black Father. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Shoot us an email. Let us know how you feel, whatever it is. Sonny. Yes. Sorry about all the waiting. Um, no, you know, no, I'm good. Got to pay a couple bills. But uh, before the break, folks, and, and I don't know if you guys are aware, there's a lot of people who just logged on. I'm I'm getting ready to take a couple calls before I um, let Sunny tell you guys what she said to this hip-hop icon and legend, folks, by the way, legend in the black community so far as hip-hop is concerned and just being a conscious thinker. Um, this gentleman had the nerve to say the ends will be that the niggas will be the niggas and there's nothing you can do about it. They're going to always blah, blah, blah. They're just going to do their thing and we can't worry about them. All we need to do is just breathe and be glad that we can't breathe. Before I go into that, the topic of the day was we're talking about, you know, your thoughts on freedom of speech, offensive language in public. You know, is, should should it be freedom of speech to an extent or should it be a more responsibility to respect folks despite all? Um, we're also talking about sexually explicit magazines, language, entertainment, television, you know, how people drop the ball. Has it gotten better or has it gotten worse over the years? How do you monitor your children with the experiences that they have? And uh, like I was saying before, I'm even saying it in the cartoons. I'm seeing it. And I don't know if a lot of people are. I got to go to a caller out of the 405. You've been on hold for a little while. 919, I'll get you guys in just a second. And caller, you're the only call out of the 415. How you doing this evening? Yeah, this is original, man. I don't know you had to pay the bills and not I, I got on I was didn't know what the sister was talking about, but I'm really interested in what she had to say concerning this uh, hip hop movie. You know, that's too bad that our people have this uh you know, this this mindset, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it it it's it, uh, it, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's it, horrible, is, it, is, it is, it is, it is. To know that you've actually what what you know, quote unquote what America calls made it, you know, and that you still have that attitude towards your people, you know, that's that's ridiculous. I want to commend you for your organization because I'm a father that it's been a long ride. My my oldest just turned 18 and my youngest is 14, same, you know, same mother and whatnot. And she and I have gone back and forth on this whole child support issue for years, you know, in sure. and out of court 
this and the third. So, you know, shout out to all the brothers out there that's trying to hold it down the best they can. It ain't easy when you're not in the household. It ain't easy. It ain't but, easy, uh, and, and, a, and a lot of bit of common sense goes a long way. So, so I challenge you, man, you know, to post some some small things on there, you know, commentary oh, that, yeah, that, that will help that, somebody go, that. you know, go a long way because this in this organization we're doing it together. It's, it's not what I'm doing or what Rashad's doing and Contessa's doing or my wife's doing. It's everybody collectively because all situations are different, man. And I, I think this is a different time. I, I went to speak somewhere, and, and it was a small group, and I just want to say this one second. We're not in the day right. of Reagan, okay? We're not in the day of Clinton. We're not in the day of JFK. We're not in the day of Martin, with all due respect to all those gentlemen. We're in a different right. time where we have to be unconventional in our methods. Things have changed in the various different ways. We're fighting a different battle. And one thing that we have to do is win in our household. If we can't win in our household, you can forget winning anywhere else. That's most deaf. You're right about that. Another thing I want to say is one one person can't speak for the whole community now. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. We have black people that are Israelites, that are Moors, Christians, whatever. Yeah. So the one person can't speak for all of us. One, but we have to. We do have to come together on some type of collective agreement. I'm really in agreement with that. You know, especially yeah. when the face. Our lifestyle, you know, your quality of life. You know, I'm living in Oklahoma City. It sounds like the same thing everywhere. One of the topics I did you our discussion was like discretion with the media and what we should be able to say. I believe mm-hmm. the way that I grew up, being I'm 40 years old, is the right <laughs> way. You know, there shouldn't be, you know, pornography on end caps. And one thing you touch bases on, you see a lot of things in the cartoons. The whole thing is there have always been innuendos inside of cartoons. Mm-hmm. They're just not as subtle as they used as they used to be, you know. The whole winking eyes, you no know, girl with the music, wah, 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 you know, whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. So they have always been <laughs> dropping it, but now they just don't care. You know, there's no discretion. I was driving down the street with my children, who were teenagers, and I was like, listen to the radio, and I was like, man, this is a lot of crap, you know. Yeah. You know, and I grew up in an NWA age. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm coming as a man in the late '80s. You know, and right. so you know, they pretty much put it out there. But now it's like everything has to do with sex and balling and just a totally unrealistic lifestyle for our people, man. And it's it, it's just really sad. And I and I had to say it. And I I don't have I'm not one of those people like I like to bash the youth or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I see a lot of these guys, and they say there's a lot that may have to do with their diets and as far as not being breastfed, being bottle fed. They're very feminine, very quick on the fly. You know, I was raised in a time where men were men and women were women, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of these cats, I'm challenging them, they listen like, you know, check your manhood. Don't be so quick to be so emotional, fly off the handle, and let your emotions ride you. Don't Get out of your feelings. You know, get out of <laughs> You sound like me talking to my boys around here, man. I'm like, yo, y'all better chill with all that crying, man. We don't, we don't do that around. We don't do that on this side. And and I know, I know what everybody's saying out there. It's okay to cry. Let them children to cry. Listen, when you're raising young boys to men, it's not okay for them to be crying all the time because they need to be the strong shoulder that someone else cries on. Exactly. It's okay. I teach my son. When he was in karate and boxing. You know, when he had matches or whatever, I always taught him. If you are, if you get whooped in a match and you have feel like you got to cry, go do it in private. Yeah. There's, there's nothing like discretion, man. There's, you're supposed to use discretion with everything, your speech, your walk, your talk, your dress, everything. And I admire what this sister said tonight. She was like, she, all of it just came out. You know, mm-hmm. she was like, okay, now it's time for me, now for you to see me. There's a time for that. You know, there's a time for to, to not be peaceful with people. 
there's a time for war. And sometimes we have to exercise that. And it sounds like you know, she went off on a brother. I don't even know who it was. I don't know if you guys have revealed that yet or whatever. But, <laughs> and we got to kind of put these kind of people on blast, man. They, we, I mean, and they, if they really want to go somewhere and say they represent the black community, you, and you want to get it in publications and different things and talk shows, and say that you represent the black community, come on, man. Get out of here with that, man. Get out to of me, here. To me, this is why... Uh, this is why things are so skewed because yeah. we have quote unquote the wrong representatives out there and the real wrong representatives out there. You know what I mean? We got the wrong representatives representing and the wrong representative representing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So oh yeah, it's like a double. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm with some high profile guys around here because you know the lot of work that I do or whatever. Right. You know, as far as you know, we have a basketball, professional basketball team. But I get to hear how they talk about their wives, man. These guys don't even respect their wives, man. They refer to them out of their name. You know, you know what name I'm talking about. You know, oh, yeah. I'm like, why would you even get married? You know, I, man, I, it's it's an image thing, I believe. You know, part of it is yeah. an image thing. It, I, that's an oxymoron in itself, man. If you really think about it, but you know, whatever. But yeah, I just I did want to I did want to I want to say I know I tried to call you a couple of weeks ago. It's been a couple of weeks since I could get in. I don't mm-hmm. know what happened there. It seems like they had something happened with a child. You know, you guys were talking about that a whole lot. You mm-hmm. know what was going on in the community. I'm like, come on, man, you got you got you got 47 other continental states trying to get on your budge. I mean, I tried to call it. You had it on lock, bro. It was on lock. Where nobody getting in. And you know what? That was a really good example. What you guys were doing. You got to keep that momentum going. Mm-hmm. We really do. I'm tired of us as black people, and I know this is this. Is, we got a lot going on right now, but I'm tired of us as black people just sitting back crying all the time. Let's do some things, some very common things that are going to make our lifestyles a whole lot better. I remember when I was a kid, you know, my mom, you know what I'm saying? We didn't have a whole lot as a kid, but I remember my mom, like, she would make, you know, some people that we know in the neighborhood a sandwich, you know? You know how far yeah. a sandwich can make a hell of a brother go when you try to jump on the bus or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> a long you know, way. Yeah, a long way. A sandwich and a drink, bro, some days, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So You know what like the problem have... is with that today? The problem What's is that? back in the day when, when our parents used to do that, it was mm-hmm. never spoken about again. You know what I'm saying? Like, if your mom, if, if if somebody in the neighborhood couldn't get dinner or something and, you know, they came over to your house and ate, no one right. knew that they came over to your house to eat. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Right. It wasn't mentioned. It wasn't talked about. It was and, out of love. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't people, a big deal. Yeah, yeah, they will invite you over to their house, feed you, and then the minute you leave, Call such and such and say, you know such and such is broken. She just came over my house trying to, you know. <laughs> it's, that thing wow. that we used it is gone, and I have no clue where it went. That's I'm going to tell you where it went. I'm, this is my opinion, and I'm going to get out of here. But in 1975, I feel like that's when child support was implemented, and I, I know it may sound chauvinistic, but I believe that a man is supposed to provide for his children, provide for his household, and the women needs to be at home for the most part raising their children. Our counterparts do that no matter how much education and how much money they have. The children need the mother. She's their first teacher. These schools are really not educating our children. You're responsible well, for they our only came out with the They only came out with the child support because before they came out with that, they came out with the welfare. And for the welfare, you can't have the daddy in the house. So once you exactly. move the daddy from the exactly. house, now you have to find a way to penalize the daddy. 
and right, and that's right, why right. it was implemented. Everything happened in steps. They took one step, right. and when we said nothing, they took another step. And we said nothing, I mean, and they took another step. And we said nothing, and they took another step. And that's the road that we're on right now. As long as we don't say anything, we don't do anything, we don't speak up, we don't stop it, they will step all over us. Let, let me ask both of you guys something on on that on that okay. level, and I, and I know this is not even the topic, but you guys know this this is what I do. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about right here. Why, you know, speaking on censorship, why is it that when we talk about issues like this, right, like you know what's going on in our communities, in, in predominantly black communities, or or I'll say in in most poor communities, when you talk about issues like when welfare was implemented and what the real original reason for it being implemented into those particular di- di- um, those particular communities, why aren't people listening to this? Even in 2011, people will stand up and call you a lie just based off what political party is involved with either side of it. You're dealing with economics, you know? You're dealing with economics. Nobody's a, I don't know too many women are going to say, well, it's okay. it's okay if you send me a check for $700 and he only gets $300 this week. They don't care. You know, once the love loss between the couple is gone, that woman or that man even for a second, whoever has a kid, they don't care about you. They don't care about your livelihood any longer. Do people value the money more than the relationship once the relationship once the the, the relationship between the man and the woman has been broken? Does does people really value the support of money? In one word, yes. Of, That's my yeah. situation. That's how I was. I'm gonna tell you something, I'll share something personal with you with you. I'm actually legally disabled, so sometimes I wasn't able to maintain employment, okay? The mother really didn't care about my disability. All she cared for was ends. And then she doesn't even really manage her money in the correct way anyway. Like, he is, they live in an unrealistic world. It's going to be, I feel very sorry for them sometimes. I tell them, you know, y'all not probably not going to be able to hold it down like me and your mom been able to hold it down. You know, these kids feel very entitled these days also. To everything that you have, they they want everything microwave very fast. That's mm-hmm. not real world reality. It takes time to build wealth. Wow, what what will it take to change this stuff, man? I mean, other than what we're doing, because there's, I feel like because I run across so many of the same people, you know, over and over and over, and, and even in this movement, you know, to keep it real with you, it's, it's hard to get people together. You know, like, you know, you try to you try to speak to some of the black conservatives out there. And when you come with this message like this is I call myself conservative because in the root meaning of the word, the true meaning of the word. And, and, you know, just because of some things that I know about in history and you can't even get the black conservatives together on one wavelength to push forward a movement like, for example, I love being a black father. You know, you can't even get them together to push a movement like that. Hey, 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 just. It's man versus machine right now, okay? Real thing about it is this machine this machine came about, you know, and it's real big. We're talking about music. We're talking about media. We're talking about Hollywood. If you need to, if people need to find out the real reading, what, what Hollywood really means, you know, you talk about people being conscious. Yeah. It's one thing to be conscious, but it's one thing to be able to do something that's affecting your community, like you said, affecting your household. So this machine is real big. You know what? Uh, the truth about one one thing that said that brother said the real truth is everybody ain't gonna make it, mm. but for those that want to make it and those that want to do better, this is what we gotta do. But I also want to say this too right here. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think we will ever get any justice in America. 
what's crooked cannot be made straight. But the mm. best thing that you can do is to make sure that you have the quality of life that you know and deserve. Know how to make happy times. And don't always think that you got to spend money to have a good time. Get a board game. Read a book. Turn that TV off because it's doing what it says. It's programming Amen. your mind. You know what I'm saying? Spend some time yes, with people that you love, you know? I'm going to let the sister say something because she had to say something. I heard her say um, 619-638-8559 is the number. Hit number one if you got a comment. Uh, Sonny, I want you to, and I'm going to leave you on too, brother. You can leave when you want, but I'm going to leave you on because I, I I love your conversation, man. Um, Original is my name again. That's cool. Original. I'm sorry, brother. I appreciate that too because I didn't know and I, I didn't want to ask, you know, just not even be disrespectful. Um, That's cool. That's cool. Sonny, so... Just give us a small recap, and then I, I want to know what you said to this uh, this hip hop icon who who basically just gave up on the black community after he made his millions. Am I correct? This is where it gets funny because after I snapped and was like, "Look, uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not that kind of coward." You know what I'm saying? I, I I can't just sit by idly and 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 watch it happen, knowing what I know, and do nothing about it. And he brought up to me, he was like, well, you know, uh, uh, the people after, um, who did, I forgot who he uses the first example, but for the, like the second example, he was like, you know, Martin tried it, Martin Luther King Jr. tried to do it, and, and, and Malcolm X tried to do it, and I, and I pointed out to him, I said, they were born and they fought their war. You know, that was their war to fight. Mm-hmm. We have a different war. You know, our war is different, but it doesn't mean that we get out scot-free and we don't have to fight for anything. Wow. We have to fight. We have to make our mark in the sand just like King did, just like X did. How many people were telling them it, it'll never happen? You'll never do it. It'll never work. But if they hadn't kept going, then it wouldn't have. And so I, I made that point. And and I was told back how, or I was asked back how. And I said, let me give you a, a couple examples. I said, on the simple fact of, I know I know a hundred people in my hood that can fix my car, but don't none of them own their own auto shop. Mm-hmm. I know people who can put a deck on your house, but they're not contractors. I know women who can make your hair, your hair so fly and so fresh, but they don't have a beauty certificate. It's about capitalizing on the skills that we already have and then um, making ourselves build off of them and making them get bigger. So the aspect of, uh, he brought up the aspect of sports to me. And I say, well, that's it, that's it. We can push our kids towards sports. We can push our kids towards music. We can push our kids towards um, sports, music, movies, stardom, any kind of stardom type of thing you can push your kids towards. Mm -hmm. But you don't push your kids towards science. You don't push your kids towards math. You don't push your kids towards technology. You know, you're not pushing your kids towards microbiology or these kind of things. I said, and, and, and we have a point where you have the most popular people in our culture are all rappers, singers, actors, or athletes. What do you think the What do you think is going to happen to the black community? Though, not to say that you don't have to think 
to do these things, but these aren't the intellectual things. The intellect is being sucked out of our culture. So I got an agreement, and he said, you know what? You're right about that, but it's not going to change. There ain't nothing you can do about it. It is where I said, okay, well, they're coming out with school choice now. I said, take, for example, New Orleans, where um, Katrina came through, knocked down all of the schools, so now the only schools in New Orleans are charter schools. And now the kids in New Orleans, these poor, black, destitute kids that people should have forgot about and gave up on, are now some of the highest-ranking kids educationally in the country (laughs) because of the school change. I love it. Well, I love love it. Here we go. So I got another, okay, you're right, you know, know, you're right. I got another one of those. And then I went and I took it a step further, and I said, it's not just the point of once you get it to where um, the school is starting to change, once you get it to where the parents are starting to change, it takes people like you, talking to uncle, it takes people like you to tell people that these (laughs) things are okay. You know, that these are good things. This We are moving forward. It takes people of your stature to come out and say, science is good. Yeah. Math is good. You know, I have an accountant. If he didn't know math, we would have a problem. Yeah. You know? Let me say and, this right here. Let me say this right here. A lot of times people that have, I'm going to tell you this, but a lot of times the people in those positions, they feel as they can't say anything because they're puppets. Let's just tell the truth about it. Now, what they can you do are, is they, You are a coward, yeah. and you should be called out as such. The only reason I'm not saying the name is because I want the interview, and, right. I, and I'll continue to go after it to try well, to remember, get the remember interview. We talked about, remember we talked about, we used the word discretion, yeah. you know. There you go, discretion. That could be a case-by-case case thing, you know what I'm sure saying? Is. If I'm, like, this whole thing, Russell Simmons got something going on right now, too, you know, about this whole Muslim agenda. That's off the subject, but being kind of random. But you got uh, you to look, look at you got to look at people's positions. If I'm the principal of a school, I can't let it be known some, some of the things I might do in my personal life. It may not be going to a strip club or something like that. It, could, it might be going to a golf club that people don't let me going to. I'm just using that as an example. Sometimes I'll give a perfect example. Everybody's heard of Killer Mike, I guess, by now, okay? Killer Mike is signed to T.I.'s label. Killer Mike pretty much says what T.I. wish he could say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's a step down. And I, this is my thing. I was I was really hard on Oprah. I said, man, she's taking care of all them Africans overseas. She ain't doing nothing in America. You know, but quite as, when you really do the investigation, you'll find that Oprah's actually been funneling money places that people don't even really know about. Mm-hmm. It's like little subsidiary, not for profits and different things like that. So, I mean, you don't know what nobody's doing. That's that's what it ultimately is. And I, and I know you want brothers to stand up and take a, a stance, and so do I. And it's not like he was just a Gumby Negro to me, just just Gumby, just being any kind of way. Well, Sometimes you, you know what's, a person's what's even, what's no, what you brought up with Oprah? What you the, brought up with Oprah is something, is something else that we hit on. Because um, the fact is the black people in America think of themselves as being poor. Right. Okay, you have the average black person from the hood, and they look at themselves and, and they say, we're poor. We're poor. And 
if you watch the doc, the uh, Jay Z did a documentary about his water program that he was working with and with the UN, and he went to Africa. And after spending a day in Africa with really poor people, he said, "I will. I, I cannot even believe that I even said I was poor. I have never been poor. This is poor. When you have no, to walk." When you have to walk five miles to get water in the morning, and then you have to walk five miles there. Let me say something. Poor is a mindset. If I if I if I drink out of crystal crystal glasses every day, poor is really a mindset when it comes to this. We are poor compared to our counterparts. As a matter of fact, Europeans in in America are poor bases bases of them over in Europe. You talking about talking about talking about Netherlands and Sweden? Ain't nobody over here got no money. You know what I'm saying? They're very wealthy. So, but, but again, again, poor is a mindset. If somebody has it in your mind, and if you have, if you have an oppressor, and your oppressor is telling you that you're poor, and he shows you that you're poor, you're poor. I don't care how well you think we're doing. Yes, we're very rich. We have plumbing, electricity, housing, vehicles, transportation, food, everything at our disposal. You know, we don't. This ain't a third world country. But there are poor in every setting, though. And this is something else that I want to hit. Now I've lost my train, though. Yeah, that, that, you were that, No, that's the difference, though. That's the difference. I call it the difference between the credit card and the um, the layaway. Okay. Right. You can be poor and use both. Right. You can use poor. Right. You can be poor and you can use your credit card that somebody gave you and had no business giving you, or you can use layaway. Now, the people who choose to use the credit card which means you spend money that you know you don't have, you know you probably never going to get, and you know you never going to pay back. That is, in that aspect of being poor, I get exactly what you're saying. But to have a person who, if you have access to the standard of living in this country, for every person who claims to be poor, I would say, let me switch you out with one of them people from Ethiopia. And then you tell me what poor is. Because if we keep on leaving it at the fact that this is so, that what we live in, them people would die to live in the projects. Them people would them people would send their kids and stay themselves to have their kids come and live in, in our projects. Yeah, but and that's not that's not because we talked about in earlier about city, you know our, where we came from. That's not our reality. That's somebody else's reality. Yeah, that's, I think that's, I that's, think that's, personally, that's, I, I think it's I think it's different different sections of of being poor. Um, according oh. to a society like our society of poor isn't equivalent to another nation's, and another nation's won't be equivalent to. So there are different sections and different different you know economic sections of why you would be poor. And but you know, to me, a poor person is is it starts in the mental because there are a lot of wealthy people who are actually poor because they don't know any better. You know, a lot of now the wealthy people don't have common sense. So we would be rich in in that sense of understanding. Like you know, my common sense is great, thank God. But there's a guy with the NBA who's a lot stupider than I am. You know what I mean? So some of the things that I can do to some serious, there, there's there's a lot of things that I can do. 
to survive that that man couldn't do. So if you take all the monetary things away, he would virtually kill himself or he would die. He would be killed. Education so, does not replace common sense. It does not no, replace no, common doesn't. sense. So they all different. But what, what's missing is that that we're global now. Whether whether we like it or not, we are global now. As far as our economies are so intertwined with all the other economies of the world that we can't, in, in the sense that you can say it's not our reality, it's quickly becoming our reality. We have debt the size of, of almost the size of Greece. We have debt. It is coming here. So it is not, you can't say it's a different reality. The only thing is the reality hasn't caught up to us yet. And if you look at it, if you take the the the, the policies that are be put that are pushed on us from Washington now, <clears throat> where are they coming from? They're coming from those nations with those people who we say, oh, that's not our reality. Well, the same policies that got that nation where it is are the ones that we are implementing now. So it is not that it is but, not our reality. It's just that uh, it hasn't well, hit. Yeah, the reality, the reality is, it, yeah, it is going to hit here in America. You know, that's the whole thing about it. But some of these third world countries, they were never developed countries as well as far as we've developed anyway. So Greece was a developed is, country. Greece right. was a developed country that's falling apart. Spain was a developed country that's falling apart. Um, England is a developed country that is falling apart. These are not third world countries. Yeah, these, these things are, are happening here, though. The, the same things that are happening there are happening here, and and and, and it starts with economics, here. you know, with the money structure. That's what's happening. And, and it's funny you said that when you said credit versus layaway, because what killed them was credit, and what's killing us yes. is credit. Um, slowly well, but surely. Money is not worth it. First of all, first of all, I don't know if y'all know we're dealing with fiat money. Yeah, that's fiat right. money is not nothing anyway. That's you know right. what I'm that's saying? Right. That's just a and, promissory note. So that's. That's a lie right there. You know, and, and we, we live, our world is an illusion. Everything around us is really an illusion. It's, we don't live in a real world right now. And I don't know what it's going to take for us, us as blacks to get there. And that, that, that was the point I was making. You know, I was part of an experiment in the mid-70s. You know, we were bused to different locations. Now, they say it happened in the 60s, but it really went down in the 70s as far as busing people. I'm not a person that I was ever for integration. You don't see our counterparts, white people, trying to uh, trying to push their kids over into our schools. But we're always trying to get into our schools. And what happened with us? We had a, we have we have a whole generation of of have nots now. We really do. Our people are yeah, un- we do. And like, like this, I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way about integration because the the way you make yourself accepted is to make it where you can't be denied. So exactly, we had that exactly. going on. I want to bring somebody else into the conversation. Hold hold tight one second, you guys. Hang, hold that thought, Sonny. I got my man Kevin Daniels on the line. I just called him up. Um, Kevin Daniels, president of Frederick Douglass Foundation, grassroots organization, organizer, does a whole lot of things in the public eye. Kev, how you doing? I'm good, man. What's going on, y'all? Good, man. I, I guess Hi, everybody's brother. doing good. brother. How are you? <laughs> hey, good evening. Good evening. Good evening, Kevin. Happening? So, look, we, we want to Not bring too, you in man. this, man. What, what are your thoughts about what we're talking about this this evening? Oh uh, man, y'all, y'all touched on a whole lot of stuff. Um, um, I guess I'll jump in on the part where y'all was talking about the the mindset of the people, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that we live in the we live in the, y'all, y'all was talking about the um, you know, people with with degrees and and how come you know 
they're not pushing biology, but they'd rather push sports and entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, we live we live in a microwave society that has to sensationalize everything. People are not willing to work, you know, put in the put in the put in the eight to twelve years of school in order to get something they want it now. That's the microwave blessings and, and microwave things that people want. And then also media, if you look at all of our T V shows, it's 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 they sensationalize everything in, in the fact of everybody has to have the the best clothes, they have to have the rims on the car, they have to have the nicer jewels, they have to you know, be able to drink certain types of alcohol or, or whatever the case may be. So that's what our kids aspire to have. They don't look at, and then, you know, with us as a community, the um, we're, we're not doing a good job of putting forth those people that, that, that are middle class, those people that are, you know, uh, grinding it out to really, you know, when we look at the, the numbers, uh, the, the, the media and politicians, have a, they're doing a great job of making the minority the majority. Even though we're 29.4 percent of our population lives in poverty, which is a high number, you mm-hmm. know, that means that there's 71 percent of the population that's middle and upper class. How come we're not talking a lot about those people? How come mm-hmm. there's no more TV shows about black people like the Cosby's that that showing two successful um, 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 husband and wife that are together, that are married, that are taking care of their children, that are doing different things? You know, we got shows. You know, we got Medea, Meet the Browns, and all of that stuff where, where, where we're making, looking, in my opinion, we're looking like gummies. You know, we're looking like fools, you know, out there laughing and joking and all that stuff. But where's the family-oriented um, TV shows? Where's that type of perception of our, of our black kids, of our black parents, grandparents that live that type of lifestyle? What does my son have to look forward to when he turns on the TV? He's not seeing no positive black male figures. He's seeing... Whatever is, is 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 out there. So my son is looking at things, and he wants the material stuff. I look at, I work with kids, so I see them that they want the material stuff. But where is that that growth? You know that that comes on the inside. Where's that that drive for the hard work? Where's those? Are we are we putting our kids? What are we asking our kids from a young age? What do you want to be when you grow up? And put them around those things where they can become that instead of letting the world show them what they should be or what they should before they get tainted by that. My son wants to be an engineer. It's my job as a father to start putting him around those atmospheres, start helping him to build things and, and doing things like that and instead of pushing basketball on him and saying, okay, you know what, you're going to be an athlete, you're going to make millions of dollars. Come on, that's a, that's a dream that only a few people, it comes reality. One so, in 17 million. One in 17 million. Yeah, and a million. whole bunch of more kids. There are, there are three times more scholarships for academics than there than there are for sports. So it is it is like seventy five percent easier to get an academic scholarship than it is to get a sports scholarship. And and, and like scholarship. I, these are these are things like but I could take myself back to when I was in high school. I graduated at sixteen. I was in the top of my class. I you know, everything. I didn't have no will, want, urge or encouragement to do anything further. So I went to the street. And because I wasn't getting it from my parents, I wasn't getting it from my culture, I wasn't getting it from my school, where do they get it from? You know, and and my daughter will be different because she will get it from me. But the kids out there that don't have that, they even if they have both parents but neither one of their parents inspires them or pushes them, 
that's where the the family comes in, the family unit comes in, the community unit comes in, the church unit comes in, the cultural unit comes in. All of these things play a part in it. But if we don't um if we don't stand up and make it count, like we complain and complain and complain about not having the black shows on, but how many times do anybody look at Hollywood? To ask, to ask them why, where are, the, where are the black movies? Where are the black shows? Well, they're the all money. liberal. No, no, there the is money in it. There yeah, is, those, there those is money shows, in it. Those, those type they of shows, won't put those it type, on. If you look, those type of shows, they, they, they generate some money, but they're not generating the ratings. They're not generating the, the, the type of, of stuff. These, these shows, they put these shows prime time or whatever because they're looking for the ratings they're looking for money everybody wants to be number one they need the paper and they need the big marketing dollars and advertising budgets and all of that other stuff so they these shows they're not going to 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 generate you know everything basically everything now is either a a, a drama or a comedy the the regular family shows they're not getting no play or they on 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 lifetime you know shows shows like that you know which is, I, it has a as a target audience, which is the you know the females and the females watch it. I ain't gonna front. I watch them too. But you know, in order for for times like like BET, MTV, um, 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 ABC, whatever you want to call it, they're not they're not showing it. Days of Our Lives and all of these other shows that they're, they're they're on during the day. The older people watch them. But if you want to get in prime time, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. or 4 p.m. to 10 p.m., those type of shows is not going to generate. The type of money because people want the shock value, you know they want to see they want to see the real housewives of Atlanta where people punching each other in the face and they get cussed out. And, I was about know, to say that unless you know, they're making a mockery. Yeah, I was going to say that. Those things that generate those are the things that generate the money. Sure, you know, yeah, and that's it, what I mean. That's, you know what? Plus, we, we, we talk about a not for profit. We talk about a not for profit and a part. I'm guarantee you. What's the name of that show where that guy drives around and he builds houses with people? You know what I'm talking about yeah. H- okay. HGTV show, one of those. I, I don't. I, I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, well, check this out. Okay, all these old organizations that were they, they were created in the 30s or 40s and 60s or whatever, they're all basically defunct right now. We mentioned earlier that basically nobody, not one organization or one person, can't really speak for all the community of different types of, of black people that we have now. I guarantee you. If you had a show like that where it was a brother or a sister or both or a group that went around to all these communities, there's mainly three main main cities in every state that black people live in in every city. I've done those demographics, okay? If you had somebody like that going around and actually building a giant facility where we could go to in those three those three cities in every state and that people could get help, like health care immediately, they could get uh Food, maybe have a food outside, a wall outside of there. We would start empowering our people. We would actually change communities. That's what we need to be calling in. We don't need to be calling in the Star Search, paying three ninety nine, voting for somebody. We need to be paying three ninety nine for our brother or sister going around there in a van. That's just been my opinion. That's a good one, I think. Here in Oklahoma City, the NAACP is basically defunct. They laugh at us around here, and you should see the building that they that they're supposed to be housing in. It's pigeons living in it now. Pigeons living in a historic land site. Martin Luther King was actually going to come here to Oklahoma before he started his his march and doing everything else. And we have we have you know that's that's highlighted here. A lot of people don't even know that in history. Now you got pigeons in this building. 
Wow. And they're building millions of dollars of things around here. You should see, I live in downtown Oklahoma City. It's a nice place to live in. Man, they're putting million-dollar streets in right now. There's people around here that are hungry, man. Really? For real? And then, like this is just said, we got, we got athletes coming around here with oh, something. This is country around here. This is country in North Carolina. Nobody ever seen nobody come, a brother around driving a Lamborghini and nothing like that around here. <laughs> see that now. You know what I'm saying? These streets is messed oh, up here man. because... Get all kind of weather here, so the streets never stay the same. You know what I'm saying? The street could, so they bumping their Lamborghinis, you know, like 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 they in Puerto Rico or something, you know. But my see my no, whole no. But my whole issue with that is that you don't you don't and, and this is why you know I know we can't have you know one spokesman for all people, but you know going right. back to your interview and you know and on the topic of the show, which was censorship basically, we don't even have people censor themselves. The people who can make a difference or the people who can promote something positive without any help, no. or without any ridicule, you get people like Uncle, you know, who you did your, no. interview, your your phone call with. These people already – see, this guy, you know, what we got to put out there to, to make it fair is to let everybody know he was supposedly – he is supposedly a conscious type of thinker, a, 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 a conscious type of, per, type of person who people looked up to, who other entertainers looked up to, and, you know, they call him their uncle, and this is the guy that we go to, to to get advice from. And But when you have someone of that caliber, I equate it to Jesse Jackson, man. You you have somebody of that caliber with that kind of talent who has been there and has been up there on some kind of monetary level, but they don't care for the people in real life. You know, I call it, they, no don't, they don't care. No if, if you got a family, if you got a There's family, no you don't have a house. If you don't have a house for your family to go to, I'm talking about I'm talking about a physical house. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a house, you have extended family, and y'all don't come together for so-called holidays or get together for family business. Pretty soon, you're not gonna have no family. Period. That's right. There's no money there's in be, it. There's, there's no, be, there's no right. money. There's gonna be you look at a lot and of, everything else. If you look at well, a lot that's of because people, I, I get it when you I get it when you say ain't no money in it and they can't profit from it. And all of that crap. Well, the truth of the matter is, when they come out and open their mouths about the ones who do come out and open their mouths and 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 say Democrats are this, they're not getting paid for it, but they do it. And and it might come out of popularity, um, or to just say, look at me, I fit in. But nonetheless, they do it. And my whole point is, if you can start a rap beef with somebody and you can't come out and tell the black community what you know that they need to hear, then like I said, and I said it to his face, I mean, well, not to his face, but I said it to him, I said, you are a coward. And if you want to be a coward making money, then by all means, you go ahead and be a coward making money. But don't think that, don't, don't call it useless or call it impossible or call it um, not even worth it. To those of us who saying, all of, I mean, well, at least I know from the fact of us three, all of us are doing it, making sacrifices. You know, we don't have the million dollars in the bank, but we're doing it, making sacrifices. We take care of our families individually, but in the end, all of the extracurricular stuff that we do, it, we bear the brunt of that. We take that okay. on. Um, historically, uh, the financial, speeches, what makes our people get up We bear the brunt of that. And if we can't have, if hold we on, can't put on. the respect okay. on these people to do the same thing, then, I mean, we're lost. I, I agree with that. Original, what what were you saying there? Historically, what what's that? I said necessity makes us get up off our tail. 
until you make Amen. demands, even with our, yeah, until until you make demands with us as a people, nothing's gonna happen. Yep. And we always have had to have somebody to look to. I don't care if it was Moses. I don't care if it was Martin Luther King. Our people have always had to have somebody to look to, and we mm-hmm. have to have it. Our people have to have somebody standing in front of them. And like I keep saying, I mean, this is something I've gone into very deep thought, prayer, meditation, the whole nine of it. Until we have houses, can you imagine how it would affect a city like I live in right now if you had a, a giant facility, maybe even the size of a mall, where black people could come to, and all people really, but us, black people could come to and get health care, something like dental, and not be stressed out, you know. And, and I know everybody says that, you know, you have dentists, and dentists got to make money, and doctors got to make money, and restaurants, and food service. But, man, we are we are distraught. We are despaired. And maybe that's an exaggeration the size of a mall, but we have to build houses. You have no, to that's, have that's, that's what, what, what you're, talk, what you're talking about is what you're talking I about could agree. I could agree with you 100 as long as there's some restrictions they, on it. Like, if you come up in here with $160 shoes on your feet, don't ask to see no dentist up in here. If, if, you know what I'm saying? If you got a $2,000 <laughs> weave in your head, don't come up in here asking for food. It has to be... Right. It has to be some kind of restrictions on it because, like you said, with necessity we do it, but we also take advantage of the of the programs that are available. <laughs> like now, um, like it, it's nice that you have food stamps, right, or that or that you have public assistance so people who need a place to live can have a place to live and people who need food can have food. But did you think about the result that that would cause? women to not put the father's name on the birth certificate so that they can get these things. But it's, it's so because not only of, are they, maybe they are things that we need, but there are also things that if given without, uh, if just given blanketly, we will take advantage of. We will go and get our food from you, and then we will spend the money that we were supposed to buy, um, spend our food going to the club. See, and Darrell, so, what they're doing is there's there's somebody there's a there's an organi- really there's organization there's an organization that bought a hotel and it's 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 for the homeless and they they screen you know everybody that comes in there you know that you have to ask questions go through an interview go through a whole process and once you get in you know you get you get a you get a room you know you have to go through classes and and do certain things there's certain criteria but they have barbershop beauty salon. They have dentists, they have a doctor's office, and, and they, they found people in the community that are donating these services, um, you know, to, to whoever comes up in there. You know, so there's a lot of people that's doing it, but it, it, takes, it takes money. You know, these people operate on million-dollar budgets, you know, to run these type of things. And, and that's and why it, we, it, need, we need actually need a show like that right now so that we can highlight these houses so they can be duplicated. We don't need to see no more Housewives of Atlanta. We need a show like this. So this can be duplicated from city to city, from state to state to city to city. Well, that's kind of and see, but like you brought up Oprah earlier, she got a network. It, it, it yeah, should be that that should have been one of her. That should have been one of her prime things that she went after. She's having to come back to. She's having to come back to us because what's not working. They're saying that her her network is going to start to start appealing more to blacks now. How about that? No, her network failed because she she stayed out of politics, and she was the most popular woman in the country. The moment she stepped her foot into politics, most of her people who bought her books 
the people who participated in her book club, the people who came to her shows, the people who really supported her were conservatives. The ones who put the money in were conservatives. And when she came out and she bashed us, that's where she lost her audience. Because those same people you bashed are now no longer buying the books that you recommend. They're no longer buying your magazine. They're no longer um, going onto your website and clickety click, click, click. And the people that you were trying to garner their support, they're listening to the rappers. They're listening to everybody else. They're not paying attention to what Oprah has to say. So that's how she lost her audience. But the point was that we have the people in place that have made it. These people have made it. But they can't put a show like that on the network because then it goes against everything that they stand for politically. The network, If you say that the government is supposed to people, can't turn around and do a show where people provide for people because then you're being contradictory. You're being a hypocrite because it should be the government taking care of people, not everyday average ordinary citizens taking their fives and ten dollars and putting them together to make something happen. So it's hypocritical if they do it. And you know those type of shows, those type of shows where people are donate money. Uh, if you haven't noticed, those those shows only come on at two, three, four in the morning. <laughs> where ain't nobody, where ain't nobody watching. Where you don't need no big time advertising or sponsorship. Where people to donate, you know, the two dollars and and then forty five cents and all of that, all that stuff. But to get on prime time like like Oprah, you know, and 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 that's like we were talking about before. You know, like I mentioned before, a lot of these things it boils down to money. Oprah made a statement, and and that took money out of pocket. You know, a lot of these a lot of these entertainers, if they go out and they talk socially conscious. That pulls money out of the day. They, they boys lose money and all that stuff because, like, when um, Common, Common was rapping a lot. So, like, how come the social rappers don't make it? You know, like a, like a Talib, Kwali. Nobody don't want to hear that. That's because we don't want to hear that. Ain't no money. Yeah, ain't, no yeah, money. Yeah. ain't no money. Ain't no, ain't no money in that. But if I'm talking about ain't pimping no money holes positivity. And, yeah. and I'm robbing and I'm shooting <laughs> and I'm killing and all that stuff and, and I'm popping and, and lollipop and doing the Becky and the Dougie and all that other stuff. <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna get paper for that. But if I'm talking yeah. about, you know, we why, why people? Um, what's what's that? What's that? What's that dude name from from Fayetteville, the rapper? Um, um, J Cole. You go, um, J Cole. I was about J. to say Cole. J Cole went. J yeah. Cole is on his way to going diamond, and he's and he and he raps positive. He raps about um pro life. He raps about um pro marriage. He Some raps about it. not having kids and walking away. He raps about it, and he went diamond. See the thing, that's the whole point about with the Talib Kweli and um, cause I I love Talib Kweli, I loved Lupe yeah, Fiasco, you know, I love these guys and I Common had a problem with his beats. If anybody listened to Common, he had a circus album that I mean I bought it and was like, what in the world? He had a real problem with his beats, but outside of that, I think the <laughs> same thing goes. It's hypocritical, and that's the point. When you have someone who says, "I'm about my money, I'm gonna do what I do, I'm gonna do," you know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm the best at it. I work hard at it. You ain't better than me at it. Those people sell, right? Now you have the people that say, 
well, it's kind of not your fault that it happened, and you know, and that's and even though they call it consciousness, that's really what it is. They're placating blame. They can put blame everywhere else and never have a true conversation with the black community about how to stop our own problems. And that's what it is. And and they think we don't see it. We see it, and that's why I say you have a black community that is yearning for true unfiltered capitalism. If in nothing else, you can see it. If if that's the only thing that you can find in our culture, in our music right now, is that 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 need for a pure form of capitalism. It lives it lives in our community. Capitalism has been living in our communities, folks, since we've been cutting up a pig, selling it to the next person for five dollars for a piece of meat, selling pigs. Who the hell would ever thought about eating a nasty ass pig's foot? For retail, you know what I mean? So capitalism has always lived here. We've always housed capitalism. But the problem is that I still don't understand, even with the conscious rappers, even with the Jays and all these other people, you know, they they talk about all this competition and, and they talk about what you have. But you find more so in the conscious rappers, they don't talk about more material things. They talk about more social ideas and more social things and social agendas and what's hidden behind what, and they kind of educate you on their lyrics, most of them, all right, most of them. Most of the conscious rappers are on some things that a lot of people don't know about. But what's happening yeah, today, what, I'm sorry, but, but, but what's happening I'm today sorry. is you don't, even with the conscious rappers, they're talking about Bentleys and Coops and all this other stuff too. You know, even J. Cole, J. Cole dropped the Bentley line a million times on the Beyonce single, a couple more. So you're not you're not finding the people, you're not finding the type of talent that we once had before or those talented individuals talking about the same thing because you know what they found out? That person before me that rapped like me is not getting paid anymore. Jay-Z still getting paid. Right. Yeah. You got to realize, these people, a lot of people eat off of these people. This guy got an agent. He got boys that's eating off of and everything else. You can't go out here and you know, just open up your mouth and make any kind of statement. Like Kanye, you know, uh, what he says, George Bush doesn't like black people. You yeah. know, Kanye got roots in Oklahoma. You know, his, his <laughs> grandfather walks up and down the street like it ain't nothing every day. Everybody knows this. Kanye West's grandpa. You know what yeah. I'm saying? What he, he, this, you think he can go out here and say what he was saying before? He let you know in his lyrics he can't say what he want to say anymore. You know, like I said, like I was saying earlier, since everybody can say it. And why does these basketball players, which my son is one of the good ones, and my daughter's a singer, she's an artist, and I heard about the 17 million numbers, and the why, and why they want to do that, I don't know, because they've had an opportunity for a good education. But why do these have to be our kids' heroes? What about the men who work at the gas station that can fix your car? You know, those are the kind of heroes yes. I had. Some of the people feel my same heroes, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't look up to these and then, guys. And that's, and that's another thing that I said. The hero should be the one that when you fall on your mm, and you ain't got nowhere to go and you ain't got no food to eat, you can call that person and say, look, I need a room for, I need to get <laughs> on my feet. That should be your hero. Look, I, I feel you No matter what y'all. they do, what their job is, if they are willing to bring you into their home and let you get back on your feet, then that should be a hero. That ain't and, a hero. That, that, that's, that, see, I, I feel y'all. I feel what you're saying, and I'm with you. That 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 person is somebody that you love in, in the spite, like, personally. You know what I'm saying? A hero is, is somebody you just got an idea of. Like, I don't want the dude at the gas station to be my hero. I'm going to keep it 100. 
I don't want my kids to look at the dude at the gas station and be like, that's my hero. I don't because I want more for them. Hell, I don't even want myself to be their, their hero, but I know I'm their father, so they're going to look at me in that aspect. I want better and more for them. So I really I do want them to shoot from the stars, and it just so happened the stars are effed up, most of them. You know what I mean? So well, they're looking at the gas station. Well, but in five years, that dude working at the gas station, I could only. The gas station here in Oklahoma, he drives a vet. He lives in a big... Yeah, uh, and they can own the gas. So, the point exactly. is... That's what I'm saying. But it's up to us parents. We got to break that down to them and make them understand, like, look, okay, listen. You see that man at that gas station? That dirty, probably smell like gas dude that's over there pumping the gas or dusting the counters or wiping the windows or whatever he's doing... Okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not that appealing like basketball and football is, and the things that he have isn't that appealing. You have to expose your kids to these things because they don't naturally see it. What they see every day on TV and on the walls and at their schools and, and what they hear on the radio is these athletes and these stars, and every time they go to the mall, they see it, and they got, they got their picture under lights, and they're like, yo, I want some of that. So we have to expose our kids to the man at the gas station who don't look that clean, right? And he looked like he's yeah, working exactly. hard, but guess I, what? Exactly. This man owns five gas stations. Did you know that? And this man, yeah. or, or let's keep it 100 and keep it realistic, this man owns his own business. He owns one gas station. And you know what he did? He went to school. I remember that guy. He wasn't the one hanging out all the time. He wasn't doing this. Or maybe he hung out all the time, made some mistakes, and he got his life corrected, but he worked hard for what he got. And they got they, we can't, yep. can't make our kids look at things like, you know, Hey, you're gonna get this by nature. You're gonna, you deserve this. You know, don't worry about working hard. You're gonna always be able to. Man, we we have to expose our kids to that guy at the gas station, and let them know that hey, there's prosperity in that dirty man right there because he drives that clean car on the side yeah. or whatever he Yo, has. It's not even about the car, you know. Yep. Yo, P, I got the perfect example, man. There was a guy back back in the back in the um, early early 2000, like 2001, something like that. There was a guy that used to change my brake pads on my on my Honda Prelude. I had two of them. Mm-hmm. I used to go to his house. He used to change them and, and all of that. You know, he didn't have a lot of money, lived in an apartment. Well, next thing you know, I find out he's in Florida, Fort Lauderdale, living in Fort Lauderdale. He called me, told me to go to his website. He bought him a helicopter. He <laughs> makes $8 million a year. Wow. And this dude used to change the brake pads on my car. So wow. when, I look at somebody, when I look at somebody on their knees, you know, changing brake pads, or, or got oil and all that, I think of him. And I'm like, yo, I ain't no telling what this guy got. Ain't no telling how he going to blow. Because this yep. dude was changing brake pads, and now he flies his own helicopter, is is getting ready to um, produce a show with, with, um, with Mike Ditka. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, and, and then another thing, like what I teach my son and what I teach other kids that I'm around, is no matter who they are, no matter what they're doing, you respect them. I don't care if they the bomb nodded out on the bench. You respect them because you don't know who that person was. I remember talking to a homeless person one day and, and, and um, gave him my McDonald's. Turned out this guy was a backslidden pastor. Ain't no telling oh, who you're talking to. You know, um, and then, you know, I teach him to respect people because, and then I show him, I, I get him dirty, you know, so you can know what it feels like. So now you know not to disrespect these people. You make in front of garbage men, okay, and listen, I, this is what I need you to do. Jump over the garbage and come and pick it up. You know what I'm saying? And that's something I'm huge with. Our children huge with on my daughter because she's an only child and the rest of my family they have you know more kids and so 
at Christmas and on holidays or special occasions or whatever, she tends to maybe get more than other kids get. And I make sure to, um, but it's just because she's an only child. So I don't have to buy for three, four kids. I only have to buy for one. So she tends to get a little bit more. And I have to tell her it's not it's not appropriate. When the rest of them stop opening stuff, you stop. But I still got stuff. It don't matter. You do that later, you know, because it's not, it's not a point of you trying to say, look what I got, look what I got, look what I got, look what I got. It's the point of you enjoying the time that you have with your cousins around you. And in the same aspect, you're not going to rub their face in it because something can happen to me and Daddy tomorrow, and that could be you. So it is something big that we have to share with our kids, but we also have to remember that there's kids out there that don't get it. And like I said, we got to keep pushing it so we can get it to a level where the people on the top are not afraid. And yet again, if you can get on a rap song and you can tell about how you the hardest nigga around and and nobody going to shut you up and, and you know what I'm saying? You can do what you want. You fly like you want. You got this, that, and the other, but you can't come out and tell the truth. Then you, I mean, that, I mean, the exposing the hypocrites is like the biggest part. And I, I, I got a whip of that in my conversation, but so we get to that point where we can expose these hypocrites for what they actually are, I mean, it's up to us because I don't see them coming out. I'm like, where's your courage? Where's your backbone? If you can put it on wax, you got a backbone. But well, if you need to talk to your community, then you got nothing to say. Well, are people are people silently censored, though? Do people censor themselves and not even know it? No, because they can come out and say, F this person, F that person, forget the honkies and the niggas ain't this. They can come out and say all of that, then come out and say something that will help the black community. You ain't got to put it on your wax. You ain't got to put it on your records. Put it on put it on something regular. And you have a lot of people now that are writing books and telling their story, like a lot of the stars. Um, Styles P got a book out. Jada got a book out. I'm sitting up here looking at all of these guys that are now putting books out telling their life stories. And I got a question for you. Are we that deaf and dumb right now that we have to wait on somebody else to, to tell us what we need to be doing on for just time and stuff? I gotta say this. Some of us have thirty million. Yeah, well, then everybody's not gonna make it. You know, it's okay, not designed. Yeah. We talk, you know, everybody's not gonna make it. It's not designed for that. You know. But uh, yeah, if I had thirty million dollars and you want and I was if I was a fifty cent or something and you wanted me to make a conscious statement and it's gonna cost me ten million, you're probably not gonna get me to make a conscious statement. I'm just keeping it one hundred with you right mm-hmm. tonight, sister. You know okay, what I'm saying? Okay, well not, then, then that is the, that's what I'm saying. To me, that's the definition of coward. That is the no, absolute definition. No, 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 no. Hold on, let's back up. Okay, wow. a lot of people. You turn a, a around. Lot, a lot of, you can't speak consciously because you're gonna lose money. Why and do then I you have come to be the one? Say, That's what I'm saying. What 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 what, what matters? The white is, man what matters? What matters? What matters? Matter, matter, hold on one second. Hold on. Hold on one second. One, okay. I can't. I can't okay. hear you guys at the same time. All right. Time. Right. Right. I'll let us speak. I gotta go ahead. Go ahead. What, what was your no, question, Richard? I want to hear, hear what your question was because I didn't hear I, that. I had a statement. I had a statement. My statement is: is what matters is the end. 
you know? Do the ends justify the means sometimes? Sometimes you have to not say something. We talked about discretion. You mm-hmm. can't – discretion, again, should be used with everything. I'm not going to be worth thirty, fifty, hundred, three hundred million dollars and go out here and lose a third of my income off of some little blanket statement because of my pride, because of my pride in my community, my pride in the stance I have. Just because we don't know what people think. You do not decide if somebody up his head. If I had, I, if I, I had I, somebody I, come to me – if if I had somebody coming to me jumping around me, I'm a high profile guy or girl, a girl, and I got somebody coming around me jumping around me that I know brings controversy to. But I'm gonna I'm smile at you. I'm gonna smile you off, and I'm gonna do like a player do, and I'm gonna change the subject and keep it pushing. Because you don't know well, that I'm, I'm giving. Just, you don't you don't know that I'm, I'm giving. You know, that, five, you know you, you, you don't know. You don't know. Hold on, second, let me hold, finish hold on, this. Sonny, let me let me say this. You don't know that I'm giving five or ten million. You don't know that I'm giving five or ten million a year. You know, well, I'm I'm saying though, to me, to me, that that kind of places a heavier judgment on people. Now, if you if you know nobody's doing nothing, like I told you, I really don't care. I'm like Ice Cube when it comes to Oprah. I really don't care for it too much. But can I deny the fact that she's helped black people in and out of state? Can I deny that? No, I cannot. That's what that's what I'm saying. You have to look for the, you have to look for the greater good in things, and we, and we do need more programs. And this is one question I want to ask: What percentage you mentioned tonight about people abusing the system? People are always gonna abuse the system. If it if we was giving out fish and you told each person they could get ten fish, someone want fifteen. But what percentage of people do you think gonna abuse the system? You would actually be helping more people than it would be abusing the system. And I'm gonna say this again: If we had houses. If we have facilities, man, Oklahoma City is a is a is a place where more more black women are incarcerated than anywhere else in Oklahoma. Penitentiaries is a big business here. Okay, check this out. If they got enough money to build all these facilities on the outskirts of the city and in some of them inside the inner city, then why can't you have these facilities that I'm talking about? Why can't you feed? Why can't you educate? Our children are being undereducated. They're not they're not leaving with what they need. To be to make it on the college curriculum, you better have had at least had some algebra two or geometry. How many how many cats are graduating with that? They pushing them through here, man. They get out in these streets and they hold their mama till they're twenty five, and they ain't they in the way of mama and Jody's having their fun. On, on a, I, I agree on the educational stance, man. I, I think personally, you know, I I don't see where we should. To me, education should be a blanket check. I'm sorry, there's too many other things that we can cut. And not have to sacrifice education for it, you know what I mean? Personally, that's what I think. But but also, you know, when it comes to uh, entitlements, period. Here's how I feel about entitlements, man. And, and and I'll be honest, I think what we already offer is proper if it was managed correctly, and and it's not managed correctly, and it doesn't promote education. Like you know, with the entitlements we have today, with the welfare, the social services in general, it doesn't promote education whatsoever. It, it's it's not even a crutch anymore. It's almost like an allowed circumstance that will take you further under than over. You know what I mean? Because the way it's designed is you can't be on on a, you can't be on welfare and have a bank account of more than three thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and three thousand dollars is not a lot of money. So when it comes to these programs, if it, I'm all for them, if they would be managed correctly, but no one's gonna listen to a logical management explanation on these programs because they're not designed to help in the first place. So I think people who are making this kind of money and, and people who can make a difference, they I, I'm not looking like, you know, like uncle, for example, 
I'm not looking for him. I'm speaking on me now. I didn't interview him. Sonny talked to him, but I'm not looking for him to make a statement that's going to contradict his cash flow. But I'm asking him to step up to the man that he's he's supposedly representing himself to be that he that he already put out there. But then in private, Thanks. it's almost like a false pastor. You know what I mean? You got a man out here preaching, Amen, Amen, Hallelujah, and then at the end of the day, he counting his funds that came in like f them niggas. You know what I mean? So, or or right. let, let me just let me let me get off that let me get off that ignorant hood level because I, I just portrayed something that was totally stupid to me. Something that I would have criticized if I was listening to the show. I'll put it to you like this: If it was a pastor who was who had the biggest church in the community, but at the end of the day, after he collects his money and he can pay for the things inside of his church. He's like, you know what? Forget this community. I'm not helping this community. I'm going to go buy me a new house. I'm going to buy me a vacation house. I'm not going to put no outreach facility. I'm not going to open up a, a daycare that will help people with after-school care, this, that, and the other, if they made the money. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I, I equated to to with Uncle, you know, him being a hip-hop icon and the type of person. That, and I'm from the rap world. So he, I know for a fact he's the type of person that a lot of people call up and say, listen, man, I'm making this rap money. What do I need to do now? What do I need to do at this point? I know this happens to this man. I know it does for a fact. It also happens to Russell Simmons, too. But when you got people like this who are out there talking about, yeah, let's crash Wall Street, but meanwhile they're getting paid from it, I can't help but to, like, question your motive. You know what I mean? What do you really stand for if you portray to be somebody so conscious and so righteous or, or to be so good and, and, yeah, I'm down with my community and, yeah, I, I promote the community. And, you know, they make songs about don't be crazy. Your your mind playing tricks on you. I'm sorry. Your mind playing tricks on you and you ain't listening and you ain't doing this. But meanwhile, they like, man, niggas going to be niggas and ain't nothing you can do for them. Who are you? You know, who are you? If you, if you can put out a statement that you know what I mean, about what your community is not doing, and then behind closed doors, you're like, you know, forget them, man. Just let them fend for themselves, and uh, you can't help them anyway, so they're just going to die off. But when they and come out with an album, they like, yo, your, make sure you um, that out. <laughs> how many people would take advantage of the system? I don't say that as an outsider. I say that as when I was younger, I used to go and spend the, um, spend the summers with my auntie. My auntie lived in, like, a real kind of ghetto area, but she owned her house in this area. Her, she worked a job, and her husband worked a job. So they both had jobs. They had the money to take care of their household. Across the street, every single day, um, there's a playground, and they used to hand out free lunches. And she would say, go get the free lunch. And I didn't eat that. Because I have a weird stomach, so I don't eat, like, cold bologna and stuff like that. I, I can't eat it. So she would say, go and get the lunch. And I tell her, I, you know, I'm going to go up to What's the Face and get me something to eat because, you know, I got my dad gave me money so I can go and buy me something to eat. She says, you can go and buy you something to eat after you go to the playground and get your free lunch and bring the free lunch back here, and then you can go and get yourself something to eat. They will... Take advantage of it. It is not a maybe. I I know no, grown no, no. women today that have jobs and stuff and uh, are getting younger teenagers to go and get food stamps for them. It is being taken advantage of because every single time they put out a program, 
that's why Medicare has so much fraud. Every single program that is government run, it cannot be managed by a, bu- a bureaucracy, and it is taken advantage of. And on the micro level, there are people who have their basic needs met that are going out and getting these services. And so when you have, say, a woman who um, maybe just lost her job, she owns her own house, she has her own car, you know, she just needs something to tide her over for a month or two until she can get back on her feet, she can't get assistance. She can't get help because the program is so overrun and so bloated by the people taking advantage of it that the people who actually need it cannot get the services. And 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 that is the point where if most of us, if you grew up in a ghetto neighborhood, you can't tell me you don't know five, six, seven, eight, nine people taking advantage of the system that don't need to be on it but choose to be on it. And yeah, but what can you do about that? What can you do about that? My whole thing is, like I talked about having <laughs> me, now, That's why I, you, you, I agree with you, you on the idea of having the center. But it has to be where if you see somebody who wants to take every single shortcut in life, then you have to be able to tell that person no. And what you'll find is that's a big chunk. Like you said, with this entitlement mentality, that is a big chunk of people. You have you have grown, able-bodied men now applying for food stamps. Do we need to look at the little food stamp song that the little boy put out on the radio, on, on, on YouTube? Talk about how he's so happy he get his food stamps and how he goes to the store and he buying his Lay's and his Pringles and all of this stuff. Yay, yay, me, I'm on food. This is a grown-ass, able-bodied man. Making a song about how fucking great it is to be on food stamps. Watch, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I look, man. I, I um, you know, personally, I think, I think, you know, this is America, man. And um, you know, I might get a lot of flack for this, but it, this is me. You know, it is what it is. But I, in this country, for what we have, and, and especially, you know, comparing it to what, like you said, Africa, Sunny, and, and actually, I'm working on going to Nigeria. We going to Nigeria next year between August and October. And uh, we got some things going on out there. But in this country, man, I I don't understand why. Okay, I understand, but I don't I don't see why we couldn't have a program structured. uh, You call entitlements or what? But a program structured to be a crutch for the American people that pay into the system. I don't see why we couldn't have something like that. But I just I just feel like it it could be. I, I think it should be solely based off education and it's a one-time shot and the reason i say this i got like 20 a 20 page outline of how this whole whole entitlement welfare type system can be fixed i just hadn't introduced it to anybody yet because i already know how the lobbyists and how the politicians would do with it so you know i gotta wait for the right time in the right place let me say something with you pudgy i have narcolepsy right Mm-hmm. I'm a big guy. I'm a pretty. I'm tall and big, okay. I, and I'm, you know, pretty muscle built guy. So I look like my health is okay, right? Mm-hmm. I have I, auto narcolepsy, which we what's referred to as autoimmune disease. So it attacks you, like maybe in your mid twenties. I worked hard or whatever, and I still do. But I've had to hustle. Thank goodness, I've I've always been smart enough to do what it takes to do things legally. Long short of it, though, if you look at me, you would think that I'm okay. There's nothing wrong with him. 
Your sister said, well, there's able-bodied men out here getting food stamps. I've had to go get food stamps at one time. What if it was a one-shot deal to why they had to get food stamps? Then I'd have been out here probably like a lot of people selling crack or ecstasy or doing whatever it took to get the hustle. Sometimes food stamps got me by, bro. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't mean it. No, no, see, I, I didn't, I didn't, I can't, I can't fully explain it. I didn't mean to cut you off either. Right, 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 right. I can't fully explain it because my breakdown is very complicated, man, and it's not some simple thing because this is not a simple problem. And when I say one shot deal, I'm talking about over, over. There are different dynamics for everybody. Everybody's situation is different. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like the sister mentioned, a girl coming there with a ten thousand dollar hairdo. Well, you know her grandpa didn't pay for that. You know, grandpa, well, if your grandfather, grandpa. if your grandfather was gonna pay two thousand dollars for you to get your hair done, you should have said, "Hey, grandpa, I don't have food to eat." But what if your grandpa won't give you money to get your food? You got to realize that you can't get it. No, no, see, 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 see that's we're too busy guys. trying to figure out other people's mentalities. I know no, that families about, that I know. It's not about that families out that I know that they will they would rather they would rather for you to look good when you go in public. Head to toe, then on a, like on a holiday or on an outing, and I deal with people like this because, like I told you, I'm in this type of industry here in Oklahoma City. I deal with people. It's more important. Show is more important than go. How you living well, every day? Well, if, if your don't show even is more important than eating, then go ahead. If, if your what show saying, is more important not, than having a roof over your head, is, what I'm saying is sometimes it's not the person's. It's not the person's. It's not the person's I, decision. On how well, I, I, what I kind of crones. car they, right. I have Crohn's, okay? Right. So, I, when I was um, 18 years old, I was in the hospital for a week out of every single month. And then I was missing two to three days a week from work because I was sick, because I couldn't get up or because I was throwing up too much. So, I, I mean, I had car note. I had my rent to pay in my apartment. I had electricity bill. I had my phone bill. Okay? And I, I, I was barely working because I was sick so much. Right. I had to make – I didn't get new shoes. I didn't get new clothes. I didn't get those things because I had to pay for my prescription. I had to make sure my bills were paid. And if at the end of the week all I had was $5 – then I had to look at my friends and say, I'm short this week. Can I have gas money? And my friends helped me out. So it's not an aspect of saying that that I'm not saying that everybody doesn't need it. But what I'm saying is if you say you need it, but you're not making sacrifices in other areas of your life, then I have a problem with it. And, and that's the only point I'm saying is so that if you can go out do? and be Are we going to do like they did like in the 70s? Are we going to have people coming around to the house where we're putting up toasters and microwaves and video games and everything? Do we want to be micromanaged like that? No, I think not. That's, that's like going back to slavery. That's like me having you a, a, a 20,000. You need help like, that like, bad, then, you, then be micromanaged. If you have no nah, place nah, to live, nah. micromanaged. <laughs> Nah, if you nah, have no food to eat, then be micromanaged until you get up. So. Nah. nah but, okay, so then how do you change it? Let me say this. Give up and move to the country. I'm going to say this on. You open on, on, your center up. Let me let me ask you this, okay? You open your center up, right? Your pe- The people right. come into your center and you take care of the people in your center, right? 
Right. No one ever leaves your center. Okay? Because they're like, well, as long as I keep coming here, he going to keep playing for my food. He going to keep giving me this. He going to keep giving me that. So no one ever leaves your center. But new people keep coming in. How do you keep your center open? That is why first welfare all, started all, as a $20 million, um, $2 billion program, and it's now a $200 billion program. That's how it's first done. Of all, first of all, if Once you're running you that kind of and know that they can get it, they're not going to let it go. That's why we can't fix Social Security. That's why we can't fix Medicare and Medicaid. That's why we can't fix entitlement reform, because the people who already have it are not budging off of it. Because be they fixed. consider that to be a fixture in their life now. I think and as long managed. as it is a fixture, like you said, it comes with necessity. When you have a necessity to move, you move. But when you have a place that you can go to and get all of your needs filled, where is your necessity? <clears throat> you no longer have a necessity at that point. At that point, all of your needs are filled. And all, you can chill. Because you got three meals a day. You, you, you know what? You need a place I, I to lay your hands. You, know, you got I, a place what? to lay your hands. You know, listen, I, I worked in social services, and one of the things that I found out in social services, our people don't have a problem with this. Mostly what our people are dealing with that, 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 that fall to those certain criteria have mental health issues. So you have to find out what a person's psyche is, first of all, and try to. And, and hello? Yeah, yeah, you hear. Yeah, okay. I said a lot of them. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you have to find out what a person's psyche is first off, and first off to be able to help them. You know, not everybody. Okay, then I can go them. back because you keep on trying to say it like I'm being heartless or I'm not caring. My mother no, no, is a no, crackhead. She is bipolar. She is on. She is on. Um, on. Um, not. She's not on government assistance like welfare. She's on. Um, the um the mental assistance. She gets the right. mental assistance. But you have to qualify for that. You have to go see a doctor to get that. And, and then once you get it, they know something is wrong with you, 100% that something is wrong with you, and you're taken care of. That aspect, I have no problem with. I have no right. problem with that. If you are a child and you need to be taken care of, I have no problem with those pro- um, orphanages or um, uh, uh uh, places for the, to take care of the kids while the kids have no place see, to go. See, I, think I, you have no problem with I had that. no problem. I had I had no problem with having something. There would have to be regulation. There would have to be screenings. I'm talking about things. Yeah. I don't know if you know, real, real, realize what happened like during the 70s. You ever heard of the movie Claudine? Everybody oh, yeah. needs to watch it. It's black. Okay. She had to actually. Me and my family had to move. Like my mother got breast cancer in the 70s. We had to move to Compton, California, from Oklahoma City to Compton, California. Imagine Ooh. that when I was five, six years old. And we had welfare workers. We had to get on welfare. My father provided for us. We moved out there. There was no man in the house. So we were on our own. Mm-hmm. We lived in the ghetto. So we had social workers that would come there. And they, what we got, the assistance we got was based on, a lot of times, how our house looked. We literally had to put stuff up sometimes. I had to put on holy jeans. I still remember when I was five, six years old, my mom telling me to go change my pants. This and pants that look, didn't look as good. Now, was my mother wrong for that? No, my mother was smart for that because she knew what, how, they, how things were going to operate and how, we were, how they were going to decrease our check, which we were already struggling already. See? Okay, so, well, yeah, are... I'm a... that last thing, and then I'm, I have to go. Please, Pete, yeah. please. Go for it. Last thing, and then I'm going to have to go. I was, um, I was brought up in this system as well. 
and I didn't live with my biological mother. I had a mo- I had a woman who was um who had a child of her own take me in and then once she took me in, she found out she was pregnant with her second child. She didn't have a dad helping her. So I had this woman raise her two children and raise me. Well, what the system did was once the system found out that I wasn't hers, the system said that they would take everything away from her if she didn't get rid of me. So I had to move from my stable home with my mother and my brothers and sisters to with my father where there was no stability, where there was no structure, where there was nothing. And I had to make that move because the system said so. And then that year, the next year, my mama got off the system. It was not until they took me away that she said, "Uh uh-uh, no more. And she got off of it. So all of the things that I'm saying is not hard. Is that for me to sound heartless? It's not for me to sound like I don't care. I care because I've been there. I have been through every single level of this crap to know that it is not meant to help you. It is not meant to save you. It is not meant for you to prosper. It is meant for them to get you hooked. And once you are hooked, they keep you there. That's why you have a majority of people who live in black communities that have never been outside of their black communities because it is designed to keep you there. That is the whole purpose of it is to keep you in one spot dependent on what they are giving you. And if you don't make sacrifices to get out of it, they will demand sacrifices of you. I mean, we still on the planet. I don't care. I don't care if you. I don't care if you have. I don't have care if you have a master's or a PhD. You're still on the plantation because you took out. If you want on a scholarship basis, you took out all those loans for your education. So that's something that you probably will never be forgiven. You're gonna be paying that from now on. And then what does it equate to? You struggling to pay uh, your your house loan, your mortgage, you know, your your school loans, whatever, your credit card bills or whatever. So we still on the plantation. Let's just get rid of it. Well, well, well we, the best thing I can aspire, this is what I teach my children is, is try to have the best quality of life that you can, you know. You can afford. Have, you, want, you know, that, that, that's the goal, you know. As far as I'm concerned, I, and I don't tell my kids that, but the American dream is dead. You know, the American dream died as far as I'm concerned in, in the 70s, you know. You're not going to get out of high school like my dad did. Uh, and, and and go get a factory job, you know. That he, my dad was like on the on the end of that industrialized nation. <laughs> now we're dealing with a whole different thing. Now it's not about how hard you can work; it's about how hard you can work the system. And you do have to know how to work the system. You do have to have some brain power. If you do, if you think you're gonna get it just by breaking your back, and right now those are the people that's making money right now. The people that have trades. People that are getting out of college can't get jobs, but if you can fix the air conditioner, if you can fix the refrigerator, if you can work on a car, you're going to have a job. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in demand. And that, like I said, that's what we got to start gearing our children towards. Dude, don't, when you start a business, don't sell bologna sandwiches if nobody likes bologna. Some people don't eat pork like me. Sell turkey if that's what the people is buying. Well, that's that's my point too. Out of out of that's my way in in my mind. This is the way to escape that trap of entitlement, and and I call entitlement a trap, man, just because of what I've seen. I do believe that we can. I think the two can coexist. Personally, I, maybe I'm stupid, but.
but I think we can have a place where people can go to get a crutch when it's needed. But like Sonny said earlier, first you have to qualify. And here's your time period, because one thing that I found out about us and about human beings, period, once the pressure is on and it's life or death, you're going to do what's right to survive. You're just going to do it. So if the pressure is right and you come into this thing knowing, like, look, this is your one-shot deal to get this right from this span to that span. I don't mean one shot where you come up there one time, okay, we're going to help you out this time, and then you're on your own. I don't mean that. I mean there has to be a process. And it has to be a very selective process, and it has to be really an individual process where you got to sit down and really understand that person that you're dealing with. Like you said, the original, you got to understand their mentality. So you can offer them one, two, or three. You know, here's your one, you, you know, your one way out that fits for your type of personality, the person with your expertise, and you're smart. But you got to work at it, and it's going to be hard work. Look, it's no, it's no secret. If you look around you, any community you want to look at, any one of our streets, anywhere you go, there's a job to be done is there not look around your city whether it's trash being picked up whether it's lawn services whether it's cleaning up the parks improving the parks or whatever there's people around who really sit down and don't do anything and because they can't hold a job because if they make x amount of dollars i mean a full-time job by the way if they make x amount of dollars they're going to be taken off the system and realistically a lot of people can't afford to be off the system and still survive so those people can be offered some of those jobs that the city and the state and the Fed contract out for multi-millions and billions of dollars. There is enough money in our system to fix this problem, and the problem can be fixed, but the main issue is they don't want to fix it because it's the master my whole, argument. My whole thing. The money's not being allocated appropriately. Like, 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 like she was saying, the money's not being allocated correctly. It never will be, brother. It, it never yeah. will be. It never will be never allocated will correctly be. because it really it is. is a design to be a trap. It's a way to entrap I, people and keep people in a certain, in a certain small uh, uh, community, if you will, or in a certain small aura or in a certain small mindset. In a certain small mindset, it's no secret, man. And, and and I've sat down, brother. I've got ten, no, I got twenty-something pages of, of 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 reform, if you want to call it, of entitlement reform. And I know it will work because one thing we all know: the more things we experience, the more things that we learn, the more things that we're exposed to, the better off we are. So you want you can't take some if you take a boy from the hood or or a girl from the hood or somebody just poor. Period. It ain't got to be from the hood. Just take a poor individual. And you train and you and you educate that person on on the level of a trade. Maybe they might get a trade about something, and they start making their own money. They're going to be exposed to new things and things that they haven't seen before when they once lived in that poor community. You know, you get your own apartment. All of us have been that way. When you get your own apartment, you expose the things that you weren't exposed to in Mama's house. So you know, I can't blow all this money because I know I got to pay my utility bill. And if not, they're going to cut the lights off, or I'm going to get evicted. So you know what? Sometimes they may take getting evicted. One or two or three times. Sometimes it might take the lights getting cut off two or three or four times or, or whatever works for you. It's different for different people. But I believe, man, these problems can be fixed, but it's got to start with us. Now, the whole problem is it's not going to be fixed. And and here's our all of our argument. I, original, I hear you saying that we need these same programs that I'm saying that we need. And then I hear Sonny saying we can't use these programs because, hey, guess what? If we use them, people are going to take advantage of them, and then they're not going to be around for the people who really need them. And I'm sitting here telling you everybody's dreaming because it's not designed that way, and it never will be that way because it's the master argument. It's just like the Democrats and Republicans. Both of them pray and worship God and believe their ideas are right. 
But at the end of the day, the fundamental difference, they don't care neither about the individual for the most part. And I'm talking about the group for what they stand and the people that run these organizations. It's just the yeah, truth, yeah. man. And, and, and here's where we are. Here's, here's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a society of people right now, especially at this time point in, 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 in life, that need a lot more than what they have. And I'm talking about the middle people because that's the folks that need to be managed, that needs to be helped, the middle people. I'm not talking about the far left or the far right, the middle people, okay? We're dealing with people who need, their needs outweigh their haves or their ability to achieve personally because of what's going on in the country. Meanwhile, they're still being neglected. So what's going to happen is the people who are on the system, one day that money's not going to be there. One day that housing yep. isn't going to be there. They're going to get a letter. And, and I firmly, I believe this, man, and I, and I go around and I talk to people like I'm ringing the damn alarm, like I'm ringing the bell, and I hope people are listening. One day, if you don't take it upon yourself to do something different, and, and like you said, originally, use that trade and start fixing some air conditioners or cutting some grass or whatever you got to do, man, to get out of something somebody gave you or something somebody's supplying for you, you're going to lose because one day that's not going to be there. Every single day or every week of this year, and go back and look it up, every single week of this year, you've heard the Fed say, we don't have money. We don't have money. America's, America money declining. We don't have money. We don't have money. We don't have money. So what do you think? If, if they don't have the money to support the things that they like or the things that benefit them, what do you think is going to you got you know we got we talking about we can't even pay the soldiers so what are you going what's going to happen when they don't have the money to I'm give the people I'm going to tell you what's going to happen I'm going to tell you what's happening in Milton. Oklahoma they have a thing they have, they have a thing they have they they have a they have a budget here I don't know how much it was how much money was put into it but they have giant billboards even on the electronic billboards telling everybody to get red dirt ready but they can't tell you what red dirt ready is though nobody knows what red dirt ready is but they're shooting this propaganda around We've had earthquakes here in the last couple of months, which Oklahoma never had earthquakes, not to the magnitude like they're having now. You see what I'm saying? We get tornadoes here. We get a lot of different kind of weather here in Oklahoma City, okay? Now, the government's telling you, they're telling you that we're not going to be able to take care of you. When, when not, it's inevitable something's going to happen here, you know, and they're not telling the masses of the people what's Hello? really going on or what's really going to happen. So if your government's telling you to... No, but what's that one? Provisions. If they're telling you to have provisions ready, then just like Katrina, there was a test run for all black people. That hurt, man. That hurt me. I'm two states over from Louisiana. That hurt me seeing. I was like, why aren't they dropping some food in? What's going on? How's what's going on? Then people they call them refugees because they're here in Oklahoma City because there's plenty of land here and housing and everything else here as an overflow. But then people actually separated. You know, the government got big plans for you. I'm a, I am a conspiracy theorist. I'm just going to tell you that already. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe these, these people were ever for us. America is a big corporation. It's not even a country. And it's going down, you know. And I believe there's going to be a, a big exodus of our people out of America also. There's no way that we're going to get justice in this land. It was never so designed for that. It was never designed for that. So people that have a stronghold here, they think that everything's going to be all right. It's not going to be all right. Everybody's mad at America right now. Nobody wants to import anything here right now. I mean, export. We're not. Nobody wants to see nothing to us. They do a business. We're writing bad checks right now. Yeah, but well, we're killing you ourselves know? from within. I mean, and, and and it's and it's ignorant to think that 
it's always going to be something around to help benefit you because it's barely there now. And 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 just right. to add on what I was saying earlier, man, one day, let, let's take for example, if all three of us lived in housing, right? And I'm not right. knocking housing, man. You got to do what you got to do. The only thing that I'm knocking is the mentality thinking it's going to always be there and somehow you deserve it just because you live in America. But what happens one day, since they can't afford to pay the military, they sent the military letters, okay, to their spouses, and, and they told their CEOs to the folks who were overseas. And I got this directly from someone someone in Okinawa who sent me – they didn't send me a copy of the letter. They read the letter to me, uh, not, not verbatim. I don't want to get nobody in trouble. But anyway, they basically sent them folks a letter saying, y'all not going to get paid. But what we will do, Navy Federal Credit Union will will give you guys a portion of your money, 50% on this check, and if you don't get it by the next pay period, 25% on that check. Now, what happens if it gets to that point again in this country, and then it's going to trickle down to the citizens? What happens when all of us that are on housing, we get a letter saying your food stamps are going to be cut by yep. 70% or yep. let's say 50%. Because that's realistic. Seventy percent is realistic, really. But let's say we get a letter that says our food stamps are going to be cut by seventy percent, fifty percent. Sorry, and your housing is going to increase by fifty percent. When you don't, you don't even make enough money to pay the little subsidized thirty-five or a hundred dollars that you had to pay in the first place. And they start padlocking people's doors. And if you guys know, like I know, when you live in housing, and once they padlock that door, they know coming back to get that stuff. It's a one-shot deal. And then once you out. You got to leave the premises. If you're evicted from housing, you're not even allowed on those premises. Anymore. But I got to get my yep. big screen. I got to get my big screen out of there. So, no. so, so the G is, what, what's going to happen is, what's going to happen is, those people are going to be real pissed off. And pissed off, not even the word for it. So you, you think you saw some writing because Rodney King got shot. Wait till you start locking nope. somebody out of their own house. That they've been calling their own and their grandma house and their mama house and their daddy house and they don't have they don't have this money and then you know you're gonna tell these people you can't get your goods out of that house so now you're gonna have the whole city on the uproar going you know what if y'all come in our land y'all step foot on our property because we know y'all trying to steal we're gonna shoot the kill. But what do you think is gonna happen in America? What do you think we're headed towards right now? I think that's what we in. I think I think martial law is something we that's inevitable. I think it's going to happen eventually because it's designed to happen, and we just don't have the money. We've been writing blank checks. We don't have the money to even cover that. Money is an optical illusion, man. I don't know if people realize that, but money is nothing but an illusion. But, gee, I'm going to tell you this. If you're black and you think you're going to stay in America for another three to five years, I think you're crazy. I'm about out of here, man. I'm just a simple country boy from Oklahoma. I mean, then where, Oklahoma? Then where, where are you Nobody, going? Just, where am I just going? to be just – just to ask the question, where are you going? What country you, in, in this world? I won't tell you exactly where I'm going because this is the radio, but it, <laughs> it, I, I'm going to another country. I'll tell well, you Email that. me because I want to know. In what area? In what area? America crashes. What country do you think is not going to crash with us? Have you ever... Did oh, you have you, you the um, mutual destruction? Let me tell you something. This is like if you listen to what I've been saying, I've been telling you this is something that I've looked at very closely. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not twenty, I'm doubling it. So and there I say it like this. There's gonna be clashing of people all globally, okay? But there are going to be some places that are here gonna be on this planet 
where things are not going to be as harsh as others. And and, it, and the places and, and like I, that I, are I, not going to let anyone in. And we used to be we used to be one of those. We used to be that well, place. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. What, and you know what? That was, yeah, we used to be what we are. Two different things. And like I said, no, but see, that's really the whole point. Like right now, really what I'm hearing is just breathe for three years. You know, just just, just well, breathe the air that you're breathing my, for three my years. Advice any, my advice to anybody, my point like is, I, said, I will say it again. If you got any melanin in your skin and you're in America, you better you better be packing your bags and you better pack light. Uh, get up out of here. They're making it a, harder for you. Right now, they're making it harder for you even to get a U.S. passport right now to even get up out of here. Do you think slave. when all these Douglas was a slave. Frederick Douglass was a slave. Hold up, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold on, one person at a time. One person at a time. Whoever was talking, go ahead. He was a slave. He left this country because he was still a slave, and he went to Europe. And he was in Europe. He could have stayed in Europe. He could have stayed there. But he said, no, my people are in America, and I'm going home to do what needs to be done. I am not on the fence of running. This is my country. If I go, hold on, hold on, if hold I have on. to go down with stop. my country, I will me, go me, down me, with my country. Right I'm not going to run right from there. it. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to and breathe and take advantage of the opportunities I have until, while I have them, and then as soon as they're gone, I'm going to bail out. Right. Let, me, let me say this right here. First of all, breathe. first of all, I'm by. First of all, by me personally, and a lot of the people that are like-minded like myself, I'm all man. I'm no coward. So as far as running, that is not what we're talking about. They are literally. You need to restart reading some of these operatives of what they have planned here in America. Have you ever heard of Red? Oh, see, I understand what they have planned here in America, but then my thing is this: my whole, my whole. Understand? I understand it's going to be a fight. Sister, I'll let you finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Because we, I understand it's going to be a fight. That's the part that I understand. No, it's and not going to be a fight, sister. Listen, they, they, it's, okay. a, it's a train that runs through every hood, okay? These people have, plan, have plans to put you on trains and make some some type of effect where, as far as the pandemic goes and take you to these concentration camps and exterminate you just like the so-called Jews did. That's what's going down here. And it's not going to be real hard because most people around here don't have any t- Most of us don't have weapons. Most of us don't have food inside of our houses to go three or four days and probably ain't got a half a tank in the gas in their car right now. So that's what's going well, on here. So like I said, let me finish because I'll let you finish this. I'll, I'll let you finish now. Now, what, what yeah. I'm telling it again, I'm putting it out there. If you are not willing to make that exodus out of America, then you stay here for the slaughter because it's not even going to be a fight. Our weaponry is nothing like what they have planned. They're not going to use U.S. soldiers to you to do you in. A U.S. soldier is not going to do you in. I don't care if he's redneck Billy Joe. They are going to bring U.N. forces here in every city. Uh, Russia doesn't care anything okay. about what they're going to bring. They're going to bring. Okay, let me bring. Bring. Let me hold on, I'm one second. Hold on, hold on. Let me be. A Russian doesn't Look. care. Anything, if anything, that is what our ghettos are made for to stand up against that. Because when you, oh you can go in and take in them and go fight you, you, you listen, think that they don't listen, know you and they don't. 
ghetto, yeah, ghetto is a city. Listen, the ghettos is a city. Cities mm-hmm. are artificial. Everything's piped into a city. All your food yeah, and all your you resources that, are packed I in really, it. really do. Listen, really let me do. say this. Now, hear what I'm saying, because you haven't even listened to me for the last five minutes. Cities are
All right, check it out, folks. This is bonus coverage of the KRP Radio Show. We're about to really chop it up and get live. We're not on the air live. This will not be on the air live. The only place you'll hear this commentary is on the on the commentary. It's on the KRP Radio Show. You rocking with us. I got Original and I got Sonny Johnson on the air. And we just kicking it, man. We got a few few topics to talk about. You know, if you guys feel like calling in, you can call in. We still can take calls, but we got another hour to do what we do. After the hour, it's shut down. Original, I want to know, brother, are we talking about just poor people, or, or or what or what you're saying? From here's what I gather from what you're saying, and depend and and from what I know, the super you saying the super elitist is basically going basically going to kill off everybody else here. Exactly. Don't you know, matter. We came, we came from, you know, this last, in the 20th century, we came from what was known as the Industrial Revolution. So all the highways and all the technologies were developed and were there Now we have a lot of people that who, what they refer to them as feeders that are alive, that they feel as though they should be alive. Had it not been for the advent of medical care and agri- agriculture, a lot, of, a lot of us wouldn't be alive anyway. Just think about it. If you're the very strong of the strong, all well, you know, the strongest, the strongest people always survive. Well, there are a lot of people that are sick. Uh, that's why people are living longer because we have better shelter, better nutrition, medical care. So they know this, and the, oh, the earth they're seeing is overpopulated, which I don't buy into their propaganda. But they're tired of this many people being on the earth. The the elites they believe in it. They have a different set of mind frame. I, this is the one thing I've noticed also around. I've been around very, very wealthy people. They think a little bit differently than the average person. Their conversation is usually different. They're just sometimes a little, I won't say more polished or more well-polished, but they're different. It does something to you when you're very, very, I'm talking about, I'm talking about very wealthy. I'm not talking about a million. I'm talking about very, very wealthy people. I like that we were talking about the higher echelon. I've been around some of those people in different instances, and I know people that deal with them. And and like I said, it's it's a, Man, I, I could write a book, but I'm not. <laughs> I could write a book, yeah. They, uh, yeah, brother, they got big plans. They got big plans for you, especially us as black people, man. Like I said, I can go to any ghetto in America. There's a train track that runs through it. Is it not? Is it not? A, is it not a train track from your hood that you grew up in, Pudge? Oh yeah, absolutely, okay. straight up the street. Okay, so <laughs> check it out. All right, all right. We got a GM plant here in Oklahoma City, right? They use cars to use to uh, transport those. I don't know if you know, they seem about all those coffins. Those coffins can hold three bodies apiece, they're saying. Yep, know about so that. They're saying they can hold, if they say those those coffins can hold three bodies, then they can't hold six. You think <coughs> yes, they, you think six, they six dead bodies that they don't turn them, about. Exactly. You think they won't turn on the incinerators and burn you down to ash? You think they're going to actually tell you the truth? Do you think your government actually tells you the truth about what's really cracking? See, you know, but see, think about this, though. If you tell the average black American that they got to get up out of America, they're going to say, Negro, you crazy. You know, you've been drinking the Kool-Aid. Well, they're getting ready to make you drink the Kool-Aid here, bro, in all kinds of different ways. Isn't that, isn't that more, though, to, to me, like you, hey. you you can promote, um, you know, I, I'll say promote capitalism even more just based off that theory alone. I mean, we we can't. I say we, but I, you know, we, what we're talking about is 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 more global. Am I am I correct? It's more global than just community. For, you know, from this standpoint, when you start talking about elitists, because this idea never came from America in the first place. It came from Europe. Well, 
I'll say it originated in Germany or, or Russia and Germany to start with. You know, when you start talking about eugenicists and, and, and this idea of the super elitist anyway, none of them were uh, quote-unquote Americans in the first place. So isn't that more that we should promote, you know, get your money so you can get out for the most part? No. I I just went silent for a minute because I'm sitting, I'm still trying to figure out why we building centers to help black people if they just go die anyway. Okay, I see original drop. I'm trying to get back on the line here. Sonny, what what were you about to say about what he said? Because it, it seemed like you felt some kind of way when he was like, you know, black no, people got to leave America. He just spent an hour arguing over with me about the need for welfare to then turn around and say we're going to die anyway. So what is the purpose of having these centers, these big mall-like structures opened up if we're going to die anyway? And it's like, to me, that's, it, it, it is, and, and this is what I was going to leave it with, and because I'm telling you, homeboy blew my mind. This is what I was going to leave it with. He said, why are you going to stay? Well, I will stay for the same reason King knew that he was going to get sprayed with holes and get dogs was going to sick on, um, that he was going to get dogs sicked on him and eventually a bullet through his head. He stayed because he was he thought it was something worth fighting for. He stayed because he had God on his back and he thought it was his mission and he followed it. And those are the people that that we need. You know, and we don't need people that say it's over before you even start. I'm like, imagine if 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 Moses had said that. Like seriously, imagine if Moses was like, we're not getting away from Pharaoh. Are you kidding? Pharaoh would kill all of us if we even tried. Go sit down and go back to work. <laughs> the world is not ruled by the people that say this is what's gonna happen, so just get used to it. The world is ruled by people that say I'm gonna I'm gonna step my imprint on, I'm gonna make my way, I'm gonna do what needs to be done. And I believe there's enough people in America that feel the way that feel that way about this country. And that includes black people. Because we love our communities. We love our cities. The people of Chicago love Chicago. You think they're going to let you just come in and, and take their city? The people of New York, you think they're going to let you come take it? The people of Oakland, you think they're going to let you come take it? Houston, you think they're going to let you come take it? Oklahoma City, you think they're going to let you come take it? And then he says that it's going to be the U.N. that takes it. This is the same U.N. that goes to countries without guns. They go into countries, into war zones without weapons because they're neutral. Well, I'm gonna play and you will come advocate. here and you will go into Chicago where the police are scared of the people? Just, and just they know that, the cities? He's saying that he did say that they will be doing it without guns. He said, you know, so I, I, when, I, when I hear that, I look at it from he a point of view. He said, we don't have guns. They're going to have they're gonna have guns, but we don't have them. Yeah, he said we don't have a weapon. That's what he said. He said most of us don't have guns. Most of us don't have a food supply. You yeah. got Charlotte on the show telling your guests to do what? Stock up. Get their food supply up. Make sure you have a cycle so you can catch all the sales. But in the meantime of catching all the sales, you have a stocked pantry. So these are not issues that we are not aware of. We are trying to bring them to the forefront. But you can't bring the issues to the forefront at the same time you're telling somebody to tuck their tail between their legs and run away. 
Am I wrong on that? No, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think we should fight. You know what I mean? I, I'm dead. Listen, I'm I'm all for fighting for what's mine. You know what I mean? I'm all for fighting. I wouldn't be doing this if I'm not trying to fight for what's right. You know, in the, in, in you know on a, on a second note, but from what he said, here's here's what I'm asking though. Here's what I'm wondering: if if the S does hit the fan in America and things do continue to spiral downward, should folks continue to fight for this country or should they move on and try to go somewhere else? What I think will happen, and I'll give you my honest opinion: as long as we fighting with each other, mm-hmm. it's one thing. Come over here and try to fight us. When we together, remember nine eleven. Yeah. You remember the day after nine twelve. Yeah. Try to take us on at that point. You get what I'm saying? While we yeah. over here fighting with ourselves, yeah, we might look weak. That's what Japan thought when they attacked us. <laughs> and what happened? You woke right. to sleeping giant. And that's the point. It's like any other family. It's like any other family. You fight amongst each other. If you have five brothers, five brothers will fight. They will fight. They will tear each other's head off. They will block each other's eyes. They, You know what I'm saying? You got yeah. five boys. They are going to fight. Now let an outside force come in and mess with one of those five. And what happened? You go catch it. Yeah. Five go come. <coughs> Here's something because that scared me, honey, happens. though. Here's what scared me, I'm not right? trying to... No, 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 no. I'm, not I'm, no, I'm, I'm just saying... This country is all, not perfect. It is far from perfect. Yeah. Tell me a better country in this world. I don't think there's a better one. Personally, I don't... That's I don't, all I got. Matter of fact, you can't tell me a better one. Shout out to my uh, my listeners over there in Nigeria, man. We got a fan base over there, and that's that's B.I.G. alone. Shout out to all the people out there in that continent of Africa and Nigeria. Shout out to my man, Nana Mikai, all you guys over there. Shout out to you. Um... Yes, and big shout out because I have I have a whole group of people on Twitter on on Twitter and Facebook that are from Africa, and mm-hmm. they write to me and they're like, we just want to know. Um, they ask me about our politics. They're like, um, um, uh, I had one guy ask me one guy. I can't remember what country he was from, but I know he went from Nigeria. Um, he was from I forgot what country he was from, but he asked me. He was like, um. Um, do y'all have strong communities there in America? Because I want to know what your secret is so that we can start strengthening our communities here. And I had to write to this brother in Africa and tell him, I can't, I can't let me figure out how to get a strong black community here. And then I can give you some advice. But I can't give you advice right now because we don't have it here. And And, wow. and that's point is is that we can keep on saying that the go- the government is screwed up and like what he was saying about um the the plans they have in motion or it's, it's not plans i ain't gonna say that they have in motion but they are plans that they have had drawn up they have drawn up plans for martial law they have drawn up plans to a f- catch this one they've drawn up plans to fully secure our border when the time comes Mm-hmm. You can't secure it now, but they have a plan to secure it when the time comes. So a lot of the stuff that he was saying was true in the aspect of these. there are people out there that are plotting these things. The George Soroses of the world, right. they are plotting and planning things like this. So in that aspect, I'm not saying that he's wrong. 
My point is, do you lay down to it? Do you let? That's my whole issue. Is do you lay down to it? Do you let Soros just because he's a billionaire win? Or do you say Soros is nothing but one man? And let's get a group together to take it out. Or to take back our city, then take back our state, and eventually take back our country. And it's just in my opinion. Like I said, going back from Frederick Douglass, Frederick Mm -hmm. Douglass didn't have to do it. Booker T. Washington didn't have to do it. Malcolm X didn't have to do it. Uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. didn't have to do it. They didn't have to do it. They did it because they thought it was what God put them here for, and they stood on that. And the two, and King and X, lost their life because they stood on that. Now, if you want to tell me you're not willing to risk your money, if you're not you're not willing to risk your stature, your the way the public views you to stand on something that you know to be right a hundred percent with all of your might, then you are a freaking coward. Is it possible that it's some merit to all of this though, Sonny, at the end of the day? In merit to what? To somebody or or some organization or some group trying to destroy the country. Yes. Oh yes. I no. I have no. I have no doubt. I believe that in a hundred. I I believe that a hundred percent. Because I you know, you look at a country 100%. like America. It, there's no way that the moment and, and I this think is what that I'm, we will be waiting for is if we were ever to lose our constitution. Now they passed a bill. In um, the Senate a couple of days ago, it now has to go to the House, which I don't think it should pass in the House, but they did pass it in the Senate. And what it does is it gives the president the right to declare an American citizen an enemy combatant without a trial, which means it gives the president the right to say, uh, P, I don't like what you're saying. I think you're a terrorist. Uh, I don't even have to try you or show any evidence. I could just lock you up. The bill has not passed yet. It passed the Senate and it's in the House now. So call your representative and tell your representative to vote no on it. Your Senate, um, your Senate, your House of Representative member, mm-hmm. call them and tell them to vote no on it. If that's the aspect of what you, yes, there are people out there that are plotting and planning to bring this country down. But let, as I will tell you, when Russia made, the, the, the whole extract of it came from Russia. And when Russia made the comment in the, in the um, 1970s, Russia said, it, America will not fall from the outside. America will not fall from the outside. America will fall by right itself from the inside out. So the biggest problems I'm not worried about someone coming in here to take us on. That's not what I'm worrying about. I'm worrying about if we kill ourselves off before we even get a chance to fight for it. That's the part I'm, will we even have the numbers to fight for it if we keep killing ourselves off? And if you go back and you look at it, Russia knew that they could not beat us. There was no way militarily that they could beat us. It was no way financially that they could beat us. The only way they could beat us was to make us destroy ourselves. So what did they give us? They gave us socialism. They gave us communism. 
they gave us this whole precedent of separating church and state. That's when these things started coming in. These things started coming in after Russia made the decision to figure out that they could not beat us from the outside. Stalinism is socialism, communism. Came from Russia. And now it's implanted firmly in the United States with the purpose of making us implode from the inside. Now, we're on the inside now because we live in America, so we are on the inside. Right. We have to stop. We have to stop it from imploding on the inside. And the only way we can do that is by having self-efficient, self-dependent people to turn around to take care of themselves and their families, and then by extension start taking care of our own communities and start winning it back that way. That is the only way we can do it to save it. I agree. Like, I, I think I think we're going to fight. You know, I don't I don't I don't see that. That's the thing, man. I, I think they know that we're going to fight, but I don't think it's, I don't think they're going to put up a fight. Like I, I got original back too, and I know original was saying that you know the UN, you know they had their weapons, their weaponry, and you know we can't. We don't have weaponry to fight that. I, I get that part, too. But I think it would be like, you know, things that we already come across, like tainted food or tainted medicine. Or, I mean, look at a country like Bear, a company like Bear, you know, when they put out all that, all that medication that was giving people AIDS, not even the HIV virus that was giving people AIDS. So, that, like, that's what I'm afraid of. Like, that's what I think we're going to have to fight against. And the sad part is people aren't paying attention to stuff like that. Yeah, but like, but if it comes to that, that's still inside. Yeah, I hear you. That's still an inside implosion, though. Personally, I just think I'm sorry. I just think people aren't, aren't aren't paying attention to that aspect of it. You know what I mean? And and that's my big beef with 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 entitlement. And the reason I know that they don't promote entitlement is through like education and all that. And I hate to talk about that all day, man. But that's that's one of my things is that you know they're not going to fix it because it's not beneficial to the establishment to be fixed. It would kind of take a lot of the argument out of you know it would take a lot of the ground out of the argument. So. You know, I think that's what. Food on the table right now. At this point, most people, most black Americans—that's what I'm talking about. More particularly, uh, they're trying to keep food on the table. They're trying to make sure the babies can make it to school. Yeah. They're trying to make Christmas, you know, whatever that is, whatever that means, or whatever. So they're not really thinking about if if we were doing better as far as as far as economics go, we can have our model fixed on that. But a single mother, she can't be. She, she don't know where to begin at. We talked about that. We got to get up out of here. Like, this is all I know. This is, all, this is what I'm going to do. I guess we just go out and sit here and die. You know? She don't, that's not her mindset. Her mind is not fixed like that. But I'm telling you, you know what I'm saying? This is what's going to happen. And the greater majority of us, we're not going to make it. I'm sorry. It's just the truth. The greater majority of us are not going to make it out of here. You know? So, should we just you know, should we go and just shoot ourselves in the head now? Here, the radio, now all of a sudden, my phone's and I'm sitting on top of a tower. You know, I was cut off tonight, and that's clearly what it was. And I'm not, 
I'm not crazy. I'm a very sane individual. But I was cut off for the show tonight. Why was that? You hear the information? This information I'm spilling, you don't get people to spill this type of information every day. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm still in this. I don't know. I don't care if you have. If you listen to this, I don't care if you have 5,000. People need to know. Not everybody's going to listen. Not everybody <laughs> even cares. Some people don't even care. Some people know it's true, and they still don't care. I think that's what we were talking about with when we were talking about uncle. I, I, I view that I view that guy as being a conscious mind and a conscious person who I know, like I said before, I know a lot of people go to just because of his position in the industry and where he's been and what he's done, and because of some of the songs he's made. I mean, you ain't gonna you you know you got rappers out there or, or actors or entertainers who've been out a long time and have made a lot of money, but you don't commonly find people running to the idiot to ask them for advice just because they've been out a long time or made money. You know what I mean? They run to the people yeah. who view themselves as being conscious or or have a have a different type of understanding or or the expertise or knowledge that they can get some you know that they can gather and and make themselves better with. But you know when you have that type of person who knows what's up and then they go. But F them, man, because everybody gonna be the same. You know what I mean? To me, that's crazy. I, I don't, I don't know how somebody could do that. You know? Yeah, that'd be like me telling Michael Jordan, you know what he's talking about, running up the hall. Me, you know what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically. You know, yeah. You go consult with whoever the expert is on something. If you start off a business, you have to do a market analysis. You have to know what your demographic is. You know, you just gotta, you gotta go with the expert is whatever it is in the field that you're going into. You know, and fortunately, and I'm not trying to brag or boast, but like I said, I have a lot of inside working knowledge on different levels of what's going on, and it's not pretty. Believe me when I tell you this. I'm by no extreme. This is not my imagination. This is not something I I, I can't. I'm not this this creative to think all this stuff up that I'm saying to you all tonight. It's just not humanly possible for me to be able to fathom up all this stuff and just and just spit it out like this. This is information. That you can get out, you can find it out for yourself. But I can validate a lot of this because I have, like I said, a certain level of inside working knowledge of what's going on. This is not a game, folks. You know, and it won't be televised. So how do you? How do you? How do you? I mean, how does an individual go from? You know, let's say we do have some people out there who care, and you know, they they want to know more. They want to educate themselves on. The stuff that we're talking about, which which is real far out there, you know what I mean. But it's I I, I will I will say on my behalf and what seems like on you guys' behalf too has been uh, studied inside and outside on on many various levels. But how would somebody get involved? You know what I'm saying for somebody out there who's listening. How would they get involved? How can they gather more knowledge about things like this? Yeah, I give you that information. I'm not going to sit on live right now, but I give you that information. And I'll let you give. I'll let you disseminate. How about that? No doubt. I give you that information. Yeah, yeah. You can give it to your listeners. But there, there, there's a systematic way of uh, getting involved and getting, also getting yourself prepared. But remember this: the main thing is, I will say this is getting your mind prepared. You can you can come up with all the resources as far as money goes or whatever. But are you willing to are you willing to make that change? And I'm not trying to tell you that you got to go somewhere like, like you go go to some cult or something like Jim Jones or anything like that. <laughs> Drink some weird Kool-Aid or whatever. But yeah, you got to know that this place is not going to be habitable pretty soon. Is the way the way they have it designed. Life as we know it is going to change anyway. This whole 2012 thing with the mind prophecies and the energy changing and all this other stuff. It is what it is. Why is it what you want to? 
But it's a different world from where we come from. Is it not, Pussy? Yeah, it is. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. I mean, it's, 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 you know, I gave one of my, one of my partners a, a DVD today for him to look at and, uh, you know, just on eugenics. And I mean, just the whole premise of, and, and Sonny, I know you seen my for 21, but you know, just the whole premise of eugenics is like, it make you question everything that's, that's, that's viable that they claim is viable today. You know, if you really look into it and see where it came from and how it originated and how they implemented this plan into where we are today, and people are so brainwashed well, that they know, continue to do they, the same stuff. You said, when you had said earlier that eugenics, when you said earlier that eugenics, you would never want another needle in your arm again, you know? What was that? You know, when you said earlier that eugenics came from um from Europe, the actual idea of eugenics didn't come from Europe. The actual idea of eugenics came from America. It came from California. In the 1970, uh, 19, the teens, the 19s, and the 20s, it came from America. America gave Hitler the blueprint of eugenics. Where did the, I was talking about the idea. Where the idea actually came from? Where the philosophy came from? No, the idea of communism came from from Europe, came from Stalin, came from Russia, came from um, Karl Marx in Germany. The idea of the idea of socialism and communism came from Europe. The actual idea of eugenics came from America. America perfected it, and then they could not implement it here because we were a Christian nation that wouldn't hear, about, we wouldn't tolerate it. So Hitler took it. And Hitler put it into practice. But the actual eugenics itself was formulated in America. And it's still here. They don't call it eugenics now. Now they call it genetics. So the whole thing where you can choose the sex of your baby and you can choose the eye color of your baby and all of that stuff, that's just the next phase of eugenics. They changed the name of it after Hitler um, went through Europe and, and killed all of the Jews. So then they couldn't use eugenics. They couldn't use the word eugenics anymore because now it was tainted by the Holocaust. So instead of eugenesis, they became genetics. And all they did was change the name, but the actual intent stayed the same. Well, I personally... From I, I, I you're right from what you're saying, you know, from where eugenics started and, and you know, where it where it was created and all that, you know, where it was really formulated and to put together. But all of that came from Darwin's theory, man. All all of that stuff came from Darwin's theory and Darwin was not no American. Most definitely. But the perfected, like I said, every everything is a step. So one person Darwin comes up with one theory, then the next person comes along and increases the theory. And then the next person, see, it, when Darwin well, socialism did Socialism is Darwinism, though. I mean, that's... No, because Darwinism, Darwinism doesn't say that the people at the top have to take care of the people at the bottom. That's socialism. Socialism is the people at the top. Uh, socialism, communism is the people at the top take care of the people at the bottom. Darwinism is the people at the top make it and the people at the bottom die. The strongest survive. I don't, I don't really mean to be rude, but 
talking about, you know, I, yeah. I know we have to have a brief synopsis of where things originated from, or whatever. But you got to have a whole course study in it, man. My thing is, you know, you know, it's it's going down. We're so busy, just so so busy lawing and 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 what uh, facts and stuff like that, unnecessary facts. And we're not even putting a game plan together, bro. We gotta, we gotta get, we gotta get up the game. We gotta speed it up a little bit. You have to speed on things. Yeah. This is, this is not no uh thing that we can talk about. We can't act like this is ten years ago. This is two thousand and eleven. Do you see what's going on globally right now? You know, if it ain't about no movement, it ain't about nothing. You're not gonna get. You, this cookie can't be made straight. You're not gonna get justice here, people. Wake up and, and face the reality. Anytime that you have to beg somebody for something, and that's what they have, they're doing it, they're not going to give it to you. What is begging ever catch you when you never had somebody for it? You can't even beg your girl. You tell you to move around. Well, I mean, it's just you know, I you know, I just you know, we like to state the facts out here, and I, I can't I can't get to my computer because I'm holding the phone and I got the mic over here right this minute to even to even bring it up. But from what from the way I understood it, and and it's even it's amazing that we coined some of the phrases like survival of the fittest. Herbert Spencer, you know what I mean? It, this stuff don't even come from here, and, and we use it, and we believe in these ideas. You know, I, I, social Darwinism was the same as, as Darwin's theory. You know, Darwin and his homeboy or his cousin uh, Galton and all them, you know, their theories, you know, like Sonny was saying a while ago. But I, I don't know. You know, we have to look that up. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying is that some of the ideas, like abortion, for example, that totally makes no sense whatsoever has been adopted by people that we call intelligent and bright. And we continue to use these ideas that were implemented to kill us off in the first place. But we claim we yeah, claim yeah. them as our own and we yeah, argue that they're good. The, the average, I think I, I have statistics on that the average woman that gets the, uh, an abortion, they try to kick it like it's it's more of us getting abortions. They they get them too. You know what I'm saying? But they don't keep it as good as good. As good. Um, exactly. I can actually ask somebody because they got them to me to get all these numbers and know them off the top of their head. But uh, yeah, the whole thing about it is, yeah, yeah, abortion. You know, you know what it does to a woman when she has an abortion. Some of those women say they can actually still hear the children screaming or whatever when they, you know, it just does something to a woman mentally to even have an abortion. So this whole thing about us, they never want us to reproduce anyway. Especially black people. Well, the average black family has what, what, two point five kids right now? What happened to we have six or seven kids? How as many kids you can have? And I believe in that. I believe in that we should be fruitful and multiply. I truly do. In the nineteen seventies, when we took the census, yeah. by this year, you, by the year two thousand, by the year um two thousand and twelve. In 1970, they took the census, and they said by the year 2012, the black community would be 90% of America. Due to freaking abortion and our homicide rate, along with other factors like diabetes and stuff like that of, of us not eating right and taking care of ourselves, we aren't even 20% of the population right now. We're supposed to be at 50% right now. We're under 20%, and we were the only group in the last census to grow less than 1%. We're fighting for, we're fighting for the minorities against the Mexican population right now. Yeah, no, we, 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 won't, we will be third. We will be third. No, actually, this year in this census, we became third. The Hispanics outnumber us now. 
Anyway, they outnumber us now in sheer population size. And they're coming here, and they're having five, six babies. And we're, like you said, having a deficit of the kids that we're having. We, Why don't people we want to hear A lot speak, of huh? our problems Tell me that. are inflicted. It does not matter if someone else is up. It doesn't matter if it's a plan in place. They just want to hear knowledge. They want to hear smooth things, man. It's... You know, me and my wife look at each other, man, in the small time, small windows when we are watching TV. We might watch a movie yeah. or something here and there, and that's fucking rare. But the truth is, no matter, it's amazing, like, the kind of level that we on now. And I know y'all do it, too, but the shit we see that's so indirect, you know, just by watching we TV, it. we'll look at each other like, damn. At the same time, you know, yep. the room is silent. You know what I'm saying? I know y'all. You should turn that. on. You should turn on that Cowboys game and take a look at that. Talking about my boys. Don't think I forgot. Watching, watching what, Sonny? Oh my bad. I said what? you should check. I said you need to be turning on that Cowboys game and watch that. Don't think I forgot you was uh, talking about my boys earlier. I oh, heard I you in the sports I'm report. Cowboy fan. I forgot all about that. <laughs> New York. They won. They tapping them. It ain't over yet. We got four minutes left. Oh, man, I didn't want to hear that. I'm sitting here looking at my Carolina Panthers towel hanging on the wall. We got about five with three minutes left, and we got the ball. Oh, it ain't over yet, then. I ain't worried about that. How many times the Giants got some timeouts? Look, man, I got the roll because, you know, me and my wife, we do this little dinner thing on Sunday, and she's sick, and I got to kiss my babies goodnight. It's been crazy, y'all. We got a bit. I think, I think, y'all, what should happen, I think we should all get together, and we need to build. Because we got to talk about something that we need to do to counter some of this BS that's going on out here, man. Because if not, it's going to be more people perish than what we know is going to perish. Well, Pudgy, my whole thing is, why would you build a house on, on, on sand? It don't make sense, does it? Nah. Why would you build a, why, why would you build a house on sand? You know, and you know the wave is coming and the ground ain't stable. You know what I'm saying? I dig what you're saying. So why build a community center the size of a mall if you know what's coming? Get out early. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know where the hell to go. I, you know, you know what? I was in Malibu. I was in Cali a few months ago, Because I, I don't know about leaving. I'll keep it 1,000 with you. I, I don't know about leaving. I don't know where the fuck else I'm going to go. All I know is I can fight for this bitch until I'm gone. I'm serious, man. Because, you know, this this like you say, this is all I know. I got to fight for this motherfucker until I know otherwise. Because my kids here, my family here, so hell. I got to do something. I ain't going to lay down. I'll well, tell you like that. Prepare them, prepare them mentally to move around. Let them know. Start telling them now. I'm sure you're feeling me on this, man. Let them know. This ain't always got to be where we gonna be at. You know what I'm saying? We live in a very ever-changing world, and the world is a whole lot smaller place than what it used to. You can change the weather. You can, you can fly to Africa with so many hours or whatever. The weather changed. Yeah. Let your kids, let your short.
sure just know that, man. I tell mine all the time. Mine been hearing this for years. They already know. Mine know it's the reality. They want to do like a lot of people do is sit their heads and say, it. Like, oh, there you go with that shit again. Here you go. We know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That finished my sentence. But it's real to them because I've been spitting it at them, throwing it at them, letting them know. And they've got to see a lot of changes or whatever. My whole family, they call me Farrakhan, which I'm far from Muslim. <laughs> they know. They, they know that I know what the hell I'm talking about. Because I've given them so much information. So much information. After you give so much information, they are already going to be on the same page with you, or are they going to get numb? One of the two. That's see, a fact. If, if, if you being the man, Pudgy, you got you to gotta be the man in all things. And you are a leader, man. You have a, you have a syndicated talk show, bro. People are listening to you. People are going to hear this call. A year, months, and some later on, and know what we're saying is true, and know that it's going down. And like I said, that's that's the plan to implement. I said you can hit me back and you get a little bit of time. You got my number now. You hit me back, and I'll give you that info. I because definitely do that. Viable info, and I everything I say, I will tell tell you this. I can validate it. I'm not gonna lie to nobody about this. I can validate everything I say. I'd love to sit down to build with you on that, and we're going to do that. I do have your number. You got mine, too, brother, so, you know, don't be a stranger if you don't hear from me. All right, Sonny, I love you. Pudgy, same to you, bro. Let's get it. Love is back, man. Um, Be blessed. Be safe. And uh, next week, man, you know, if, you, if you're not busy next week, we're going to talk about some sports and stuff like that. So, you know, tell people, man, make sure you call in. We love to hear some different ideas in different places. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. All right, blessings. Folks, you've been listening to the bonus footage of the KRP Radio Show. A great show, man. We started out on a couple different topics um, in the bonus hour. Like I said before, you know, it's, it's totally different. It's a little bit more loose, and and you know, we just let it hang and, and fall where they fall where the chips may. Uh, you know, shout out to all the people out there in D.C. who listen to us live tonight. WMMG, home of the KRP Radio Show. Next week, same time, same place. Make sure you guys call in. And, uh, you know, continue to listen to the show, man. Over 200,000 listeners. I appreciate everybody out there. More than 12 million participants, people who've listened to the show once or contacted us in one way via the web, radio, or phone. And I'm very appreciative of that, man. Uh, and I appreciate you guys supporting the show. As we continue on, be blessed. Remember, remember one thing. If you don't remember nothing else, man, God is love, is God. Be blessed. One love. I'll catch you guys next week.
real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Pony gon' recognize, still, still reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. I Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you can save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.